Welcome to Nimmin Live, the number one place on the internet to learn about YouTube, network with other content creators, and have an awesome time doing it. My name is Nick, and today I'm answering your YouTube questions. So if you have a question about what it is that you are doing on YouTube, there is a form down in the description of this stream right now where you can go ahead and get your question in there. And if you can get it in there now, it'll get answered on the stream today. So uh, make sure that if you wanna get your uh, question answered, make sure that you go ahead and you get it down in the form so that we can get it done on the show today. Now, I do wanna let you know if you are watching this on the replay that there's a lot of different information shared during these live streams because everything that we talk about is a question that a content creator has about something that they're trying to solve, some type of thing that they're dealing with and that they're trying to either figure it out or it's just something that they're trying to solve. So because of that, we add timestamps to these live streams so that if you're watching on the replay, you can just skip through all the different questions, just kind of look for the questions that you want answers for so that you can make sure that you are you know, able to utilize the information that we share in this live stream. So make sure if you're watching on the replay, if you don't wanna just listen to it in the background, just make sure you check the timestamps so you can find the information you need. And with all of that said, I just want to say, what's up everybody that's hanging out here in the stream today. Welcome to another live stream. So I do have to do a little bit of housekeeping here. So first off, um, this stream is brought to you by TubeBuddy, which is the number one tool for YouTube content creators. TubeBuddy will help you optimize your videos for discovery. TubeBuddy will help you test your thumbnails where you can upload two, you can have your original thumbnail, upload another one, it'll swap them back and forth and let you know which one people respond to best. It's fantastic. In addition to those two things, they have over 90 different tools to help you with your YouTube channel. You can try TubeBuddy for yourself for free down through the link in the description below, or you can just go to TubeBuddy.com. Um, this stream is co-brought to you by StreamYard, which is the live streaming software that I use to stream this every single Saturday. And the reason that I use StreamYard is because, hey, what's up, Tom? The reason that I use StreamYard is because it's easy. They do all the heavy lifting for me in the cloud. So in the event that you know my stream goes down, I lose internet or anything like that, it holds my stream open so I don't lose the viewers that are hanging out in here. Um, in addition to that, like you can see right up here, it's super easy to add you know graphics to the screen and also to bring guests on. So you can bring on a guest in just a few clicks. And with StreamYard, the whole thing that they're trying to do is make it where you can have professional looking live streams without having to worry about any of the tech. That's the idea. So you can try StreamYard at StreamYard.com, or of course I got links to that, and a bunch of other helpful things that you can use down in the video description, because as content creators, you know, there's a lot of tools that are available for us, and I've got links to the most important ones down in the video description. So with all that out of the way, I hope everybody's having a fantastic week. Hope you are ready to rock and roll, and that you are ready to learn some stuff about YouTube today. So really quick before we get started, Retro the Emperor, what's up? man hope you're doing awesome jacker crackers nice to see you in here Chantel hills welcome to the stream hope you're doing great shark scrapper what's up my man tom nash hope you're doing fantastic charlie boy what's going on digital media guy what is going on i hope that you are doing fantastic jerry papandri what's up my man hope that you're doing well also tiffany nice to see you in here homekeeping channel nice to see you here as well minecraft things what is going on so what we're gonna do, um, if this is your first time joining us, basically our entire process here is we go and we answer YouTube related questions. So right now we just got a handful of questions that'll get us started here um, that are in this form right now. And basically as our stream progresses, we're just gonna you know keep pulling questions from this form and uh, you know just keep 
you know, just answer them and answer and answer them until we run out of time. <laughs> so that's that's what's going on today. So um, if you are a regular here and you know, you know, pretty much how this is going to go, make sure you give this a thumb up, um, thumbs up. If you are not a regular here and you kind of want to reserve that, feel free. But, um, you know, as soon as you hear something where you're like, hey, that's pretty cool, that's helpful, then make sure you do hit that um, thumbs up. So the very first question that we have today is from Adventures with Time. Adventures with Time. They upload one time per week or more. The type of channel is they do watch reviews and collecting strategies. The goal of the channel is to help others and to make extra money and to have some fun. And the question is, to promote my long, my long form videos, is it better to use YouTube's clip function on the published long form or make an entirely separate short? And how long after the long form is published should I wait to publish the short so as not to compete? So the very first thing, um, just a heads up, is when it comes to your video going into the short shelf, keep in mind that when you are putting content into the short shelf, you should be thinking of, of it more of, like, is this content appropriate for the short shelf so that I can create a good experience for people there so that if they are enjoying my content, YouTube detects that, that YouTube is more likely to recommend my content without them even having to click through that link. But if you do have that link available because you are, you know, sampling that out, then in that particular case, um, as long as it's within that time limit and as long as it is, you know, some type of value for that particular video, you can do that at any time. It's not necessarily that you need to do it right after you publish the video. You can do it, you know, months from now. You can do it next week. You can do it the next day. And you don't have to worry about it, you know, really stepping on the video because keep in mind, when you are publishing long form content, you're publishing shorts, um, they're going into like different places on YouTube even though um, you know your short content can show up in some of the other places on YouTube as well. Shorts are typically you know going into the short shelf. So because of that, you don't have to really worry about it as much in terms of like stepping on content. But even when it comes to stepping on content, let's say you're doing uh, long form content. Some people will reserve you know, publishing, you know, one video after another video, you know, like the next day or something, because they're worried that it's going to negatively impact the originating video. Keep in mind that when it comes to YouTube, the the immediate performance of a video doesn't necessarily determine the long-term performance of the video. However, if you do get, you know, that initial, you know, activity happening on that first video and then you publish it the other one, it is possible that that originating video might go down just a little bit for that moment while that, you know, first one is is taking over some of that that fresh content that they're trying to show to the viewers that would be most likely to enjoy that. However, long term, it's not gonna it's not gonna matter. So because of that, you know, don't restrict yourself because of that. Um, just keep in mind that when it does come to shorts, though, you know, they are going into um, a different place on the platform. If you are just joining us, um, the questions I'm pulling the um, questions from the form that is down in the description below. It's free to put your uh, you know questions in there. So feel free to hit the description, go to the form that is it's somewhere near the bottom, and um, put your information in there, and um, we'll try to get an answer on the show here today. So next up on our list here, um, we've got, um, let's see, we've got Orange Game. Orange Game does bi-weekly content. They do gaming content. The goal is to create a community and to have a side income. And the question is, hey, Nick, happy new year. Happy new year to you uh, also. Says, my question is, how do I increase my audience retention? Right now, on most of my videos, it's about 40%. The videos are in the range of three to five minutes. Most of these videos are guides or discussions. So things that can impact um, your audience retention, of course, is you know your ability to tell a story, your ability to hook people when your video first starts, um, what it is that people are seeing and, and, and hearing and feeling 
thing when they're watching your video. So for example, you know, if you start your video and you just start talking, you know, randomly about, you know, whatever it is that you're going to talk about, but you're not really thinking of, okay, like how can I confirm to the viewer that they clicked on the right thing? Or how can I kind of start this off in a way to where it's going to support what it is that I did with my thumbnail and title. When you start thinking of it in that way, then what happens is you can start, you know, crafting the video around it. Let me back up a little bit. So if in order to do this, you should be doing what, you know, all of the big content creators do, which is make your videos and your, or not your videos, but your thumbnails and your titles before you make the actual video content itself, or at least sketch out the idea that you have for it, as long as your content type supports it. But the idea is when you do that, when you're making the actual video itself, you have those things to reference. And when you have those things to reference, then you can ensure that when somebody clicks on the video, that you're able to capture their attention and pull them into the video even more. And then the, you know, the, the longer you can hold them in that first initial part of the video, the more likely they are to commit to more of the video that they're watching. But you know, a lot of that's gonna come down to your storytelling, it's gonna come down to, um, and even in the three to five minute videos, it's gonna come down to like the usage of like pattern interrupts where you're kind of distracting people from the monotony of a video. Um, in addition to that, you also have using graphics and B-roll and things like that as a means to just keep what they're seeing or experiencing in your content to keep it interesting as they're going through it. So um, so I would just experiment with those types of things. And one thing that you'll be able to see an impact on the fastest is if you are somebody that is making the video first and then you're trying to like pigeonhole a title into it and you're trying to pigeonhole a thumbnail into it, if you do kind of swap those things around, you're like, okay, here's my video idea. And since this is my video idea, how might I package this up in terms of my thumbnail and title? So if I have my idea for the video, then you know what would be a great title and a great thumbnail for this? And then go ahead and workshop that and figure that out. And that'll help you make a better video to support what it is that a viewer is going to expect when they click into the content. And when you match that expectation, you're increasing the likelihood of somebody watching for a longer period of time. So just keep that in mind. So, uh, hey, Ron, what's up, man? Hope you're doing awesome. So um, let's see here, Peyton Sound. Super chat. Thanks for the super chat. Says, exciting times for 2023. What have you heard about this AI app called ChatGPT? Thanks for asking that question. So um, with ChatGPT, um, it's pretty incredible in terms of all the different things that you know that you can do with it. Um, I've spent you know considerable considerable amount of time uh, with it, just kind of you know having it spit out like scripts, having it spit out video ideas, having it spit out content strategy for different types of channels, and just kind of seeing like you know what it was capable of. And um, it's pretty incredible. And I think that hey, we got Jevin Dovey in the house. Do I see? Hey, Jevin, what's up, dude? Hope you're doing fantastic. Hey, everybody, really quick, since Jevin is in here. And I'll get back to your question right here in a second, Peyton Sound. Since Jevin is in here, he has a bunch of content on his channel um, about YouTube and YouTubers. He even has a course that helps content creators, you know, with uh, you know, with all the different things that you you know deal with as a content creator. Make sure that you check him out. You go subscribe to his YouTube channel, um, you know, for his YouTube related information. He also does like drones and filmmaking and you know a bunch of other really cool stuff. He's amazing at storytelling. He's got a you know a vlog for that. But um, definitely make sure that you check him out. What's up, Jevin? Man, I hope you're doing awesome. Nice to see you in here. But um, yeah, when it comes to chat GPT though, it's, 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 it's incredible. Like my opinion on that, um, not just for content creators, but just in general, um, I think that 
you know, where artificial intelligence is right now. I mean, it's kind of been this way, um, but it's just kind of came on everybody's radar. I know like at, at my very first vid summit that I went to, you know, he had people on stage there, um, Ricky Ray Butler talking about, you know, what was coming with AI and how they were working with AI and all of that stuff. And by the way, those are the people that own uh, TubeBuddy also. So like when it comes to, uh, you know, like the AI stuff, a lot of people are just kind of catching on now, but you know, it's been around for a while, but now it's just becoming a lot more accessible. That's why you're seeing it pop up in all these apps. That's why you're seeing, you know, the chat GPT by itself. But in addition to that, there's other tools that are popping up for this as well. So for example, um, I mentioned in my news segment yesterday that um, TubeSpanner, which is the world's first and only, as of right now, the world's first and only dedicated script writing tool. And the cool thing about that is think of it like chat GDP um, or GPT, but instead of it being to where you say, you know, write a you know video about this and then it just spits out the video. And then if you want it to, you know, make a change, then you have to like figure out how to say the, you know, how to tell it the right things, or you just have to, you know, have it write like a whole new thing for you. Um, the thing that TubeSpanner made is awesome because what that is, um, and I talked about this more in my news segment yesterday, so you can, you know, check that out. But basically the cool thing there is it does like a similar thing. So basically you put in your title and then it gives you like, you know, a script and then you can go in and you can say, okay, so it just give me this little bit of starting information for the script. So then now I just have to hit this expand option and then it'll just flush out all of this additional information for just that one section. So then you can sit there for all the different sections. Let's say you have like the body of your video or like, you know, different parts of the body of the video or different talking points. And then you have like your intro, you have your, you know, outro, whatever. Um, you can just tell it like, you know, do more of this particular part and then it isolates to that part and then it expands your script out from there so that you can keep the parts you like, you can, you know, redo the parts that you don't like. It's really incredible. So um, I definitely recommend everybody check out um, TubeSpanner. Um, I've been talking about TubeSpanner for a long time um, just because, you know, they have a notepad tool. It's an awesome browser extension as well. And for those of you, because I think so far, I think there's been over like 300 and something people that um, created an account over there from the news thing yesterday. So for those of you that did did create an account over there yesterday, keep in mind that you do have that browser extension also. So make sure that you do put that in because that's another, you know, part of the tool and it adds a whole bunch of functionality to what it is that you're doing on YouTube. But thanks for answering for asking this question because it gave me an opportunity to talk about that. But I personally believe with um, all this AI stuff, I really believe that like what we're dealing with right now is kind of like what what we dealt with back in the day when like the internet first was becoming popular and when like smartphones were becoming popular to where it's like all of a sudden it starts kind of coming on everybody's radar and then like next thing you know like everything is different so um so that's you know that's the way that i'm looking at it right now and i'm expecting a lot of really awesome stuff to come out of it and i'm expecting a lot of you know a lot of unfortunate things you know to come out of it as well in terms of you know possibly you know know, it taking, you know, work away from some people and, you know, things like that, because right now, you know, like the technology for that, it's just at the tip of the iceberg. So if you imagine that like a few years down the road, like, it, yeah, it's, it, it's going to be, it's going to be absolutely, uh, it's going to be absolutely ridiculous, but I'm excited for it, you know, because it's just one of those things where it's like, hey, this is like a whole other, you know, adventure we get to go on, you know, with technology. So I'm like, really, I'm, I'm really looking forward to, you know, seeing, um, you know, how everything unfolds. The Gaming Shelf says, uh, hey, Nick, this year I took the leap of a full-time creator. Your advice has been critical to my growth. Thank you. First off, high five and fist bump to you for, you know, taking that leap. Congratulations for, you know, going full-time um, on YouTube. Love seeing that. And um, awesome to hear that, you know, you're taking the advice, you're wrong with it, that you're doing the uh, thing. So high five and fist bump to you for, uh, for doing that. 
So next up on our uh, on our list here, we're hopping back into the excuse me, hopping back into the forum as I'm like slowly, hey, Amy, hope you're doing great. Um, as I'm slowly kind of getting into my, uh, getting into my groove here. So uh, next up, we have the Creator Classroom. Creator Classroom does uh, YouTube content for content creators that are wanting to learn Canva. So, um, so you know, a lot of really cool stuff over there about like how to make thumbnails, things like that using Canva. But anyway, the question is, um, on my other channel, there's a video that is taking off. The positive of that meant that it finally hit the elusive, or that I finally hit the elusive 1,000 mark and was approved for the YouTube Partner Program. However, lately we've received some less than kind responses in the comments. Is there a way to hold all comments for review for an individual video instead of on a channel level? Um, and then it says, find these play button. <laughs> Ah, love it. Okay, so um, uh, when it comes to the less than kind responses that you get on videos, um, there's a there's something that we all have access to in our YouTube settings. It's called a blocked words list. So you can find this on a mobile device. Um, you can also find this on your desktop computer. And what it is, is it is where you can put in certain words. They're just triggers, essentially, is what they are. So you just put in like, you know, like if, if people are saying bad things or things that you're like, hey, I just don't want that showing up in my comment section, then what you can do is you can take certain words from the things that people are saying and you can add those to your comment section and then, or not your comment section, your blocked words list, and then YouTube will automatically hide those. So because of that, um, it, it, it kind of, think of it kind of like comment automation in a way to where it will take those comments that are inappropriate or they're just rude or they're attacking you in some way and it will just automatically hide them from public view. And then in order for them to actually show up on your channel, you have to go into your held for review area in your comment section and then you have to approve those for public view. So, um, so that would be the approach that I would take there because as of right now, um, you know, technically you could turn off the comments for that video, but I'm sure you want the other, you know, positive comments. And I would just leave it, you know, I would, I would just, you know, leave it up and I would just basically use this as an opportunity to really flush out and fine tune your blocked words list so that you can kind of limit that whole thing, um, you know, as a, you know, you know, at the channel level because then that way it puts you there to where you don't even have to, uh, you know, you don't have to do it. And you even see here, I keep having to add to it often on a daily basis. Yeah, they will, there will come a time to where you'll be like, okay, I'm not having to do this as much. Like my blocked words list is pretty, you know, intense also. Um, so there, there will come a time where you'll be like, hey, you know, I, I've got this, you know, mostly covered, um, but, um, but, you know, some stuff is always gonna get through. And it's unfortunate, you know, as content creators, like it's really unfortunate for us that, um, you know, when it comes to, YouTube and like all this stuff. It's, it's, it's interesting. I was having this conversation with somebody, uh, like two days ago. Um, it's interesting how, when you are going through your comment section, right? How you're like, people are like, Hey, this is great. Good video. And, or they'll leave some, you know, big, long comment about something. And they're like, Hey, this is good. This is great. You know, awesome. High five, whatever. And then you have that like one comment out of like this big batch of like, you know, really positive comments. You get that one comment where the person says something that's like a little bit off and you're like, Hmm. Right. And then you end up like carrying that around and you're like, oh man. And, and like, for whatever reason, like that one becomes the focus of, you know, the comment section. So another side of that is I recommend that like, when you do get those negative comments like that, that you just remember that and that you're like, you know what, I'm doing this for the people that are actually, you know, like enjoying the content. I'm not doing this for the people that are just completely negging out or that are attacking me or that are being rude. I'm doing this for the people that, you know, that I'm helping. And then everybody else, whatever, they can go watch somebody else, right? So, um, so I recommend that you, you know, just remember, you know, that kind of stuff too.
Tinkerman Mick, what's up, dude? Hope you're doing awesome. Says, I um, hope you're doing well, Nick. I'm about to hit 300,000 subscribers, and your channel is still my go-to for advice. High five, fist bump to you. Congratulations on 300K. That's fantastic. Absolutely love seeing that. Love, love watching everybody grow. It's awesome. Absolutely love it. So um, let's see here. So next up on our list, we've got... Let's see here. We got her taken care of. So let's go to samples and tests. You know what? I think I might have skipped one. Let me make sure. Nope, Creator Classroom. Okay. So next up on our list here, we've got uh, samples and tests. Samples and tests uploads one time per week or more. They do variety content. The goal of the channel is to learn the processes of YouTube and eventually make some money. And the question is, YouTube announced that there would be a lower barrier to entry for a fan-funded um, only option for YouTube Partner Program, but I can't find any info on what those barriers will be. Have you heard anything or do you have a wild guess on what it could be? By the way, I believe you have a typo in the form. You wrote May instead of made when mentoring, mentioning the Creator Mix service. Hey, thanks for the heads up there. I appreciate that. I'll definitely get that typo. Uh, I'll definitely get that typo sorted. Like I'm sitting here like shy right now, like, oh my gosh, can't believe I made a typo over there. Um, yeah, I'll definitely get that sorted. So thanks for the, uh, for the heads up on that. But um, in terms of them lowering that, I'm not, I'm not sure about that. Like I haven't seen anything about that um, personally. So I'm not sure exactly, you know, what changes or if, um, you know, they are going to be lowering that, um, that threshold. I just haven't seen it. You know, it just hasn't popped up on my radar yet. Doesn't mean that that information's not out there. Um, it just hasn't popped up on my radar yet. So, um, so because of that, um, you know, I, you know what, this is so funny. I've had that text in there. I'm fixing it right now. I've had that fix that, that text in there for a really long time. And you're the, this is the first time anybody said anything about it. So thank you so much. I just got it fixed up. But, um, but basically, um, um, yeah, them lowering those requirements. That's something that, uh, you know, um, that's, that's new to me. But one thing that I do want to remind everybody about, and I mentioned this in my news segment yesterday, and by the way, everybody, make sure that you do check in with those news segments on Friday, because um, I share, you know, the information that's happening on YouTube that impacts you as a content creator. I keep you up to date on the features that are coming out, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, but one of the things that um, that I made sure to mention yesterday, and I'll make sure to mention here really quick before we get on with more questions, is that um, you have probably gotten an email already or you've seen it pop up inside of your creator studio um, where you need to accept, for those of you in the partner program, where you need to accept the, uh, the, the new rules of the partner program, the new terms. So just make sure you go through that process before February 1st if you are doing YouTube Shorts, because starting on February 1st, um, everybody's gonna start being able to monetize YouTube shorts as long as you've met the requirements um, for the YouTube partner program. So because of that, just make sure that you do go ahead and get that paperwork or not paperwork, but you just go through the process of getting that set up. I think Doug Houston, who's in here um, right now, um, he's in the chat. Just look for Doug Houston YT. I think he actually has a video out or a, one that's going to be coming out on how to actually, you know, go through that process. It's really intuitive. Um, you know, you just kind of go through, which is kind of like a wizard to where it's like, do this, do this, agree to this. Um, but his video, you know, um, he has that to where, you you know, um, if it's out already, then um, you'll be able to, you know, utilize that just for that step by step. So you can at least know what to expect. But one more thing that I do want to let you know is I'm not sure if today it's been updated or not. But yesterday, um, it was also mentioned that that particular um, set of information in terms of that popping up in your creator studio, it hadn't went out to everybody yet. Um, so if you don't see it in there yet, like don't panic, don't worry about it. Like you're not being left in the dust or anything like that. But if you are in the partner program, if you don't see that alert in there now, um, you will have it, you will have it soon. It will pop up in there if you're in the uh, YouTube partner program. 
Oh, hey, and really quick, um, Renee Ritchie's in the house. What's up, dude? He says, um, no specifics yet, but stay tuned. Um, in reference, I believe that's in reference to the, um, the, the threshold on the uh, channel memberships. Thanks for the uh, clarity there, man. I appreciate it. Speak English with this guy says, I hit 12,000 yesterday. Congratulations, Mick, for the 300,000. So high five and fist bump to you um, for that, uh, for, you know, for hitting 12,000. Love seeing those milestones come in. It's so awesome because it's like, you know what I mean? It's like, you know, people are like doing the thing. I absolutely love it. So we started, well, I, we didn't start. I, somebody else started it, um, but I've been going to him. We have this uh, this YouTube meetup here locally now that's popped up here for the last couple of weeks. And um, it's really refreshing, you know, going over there and hanging out with other content creators. I recommend everybody here, like if you don't have something like that happening in your area, you might be the person that wants to organize that or just kind of look around and see if something like that is going on because it's so refreshing to just be able to sit down over, you know, like a table over like dinner or, you know, lunch or something with like a bunch of other content creators and just kind of brainstorm on stuff and just talk about, you know, what it is that you're going through. Because one of the things that um, that has popped up a lot over the two weeks that we've been doing that is um, the loneliness side of YouTube. Because, you know, when it comes to being a content creator, unless you're making videos with other people, unless you have like a team of people that are like helping you do it, or unless you have other content creators that you're working with for your videos or something like that, like it's pretty, you know, lonesome experience. So, um, so you know, if you are feeling that, then, um, you know, you might be the person that, you know, that should organize an event like that so that you can, you know, kind of help relieve yourself of that and help other content creators relieve themselves of that too. So I just wanted to share that, you know, with you if you are, you know, somebody that does have those feelings of like, hey, this is a pretty isolating, you know, thing, just being in here, you know, cranking out these videos. So I just wanted to uh, share that really quick. Super so we're going to get back to the forum here in just a second, but really quick, uh, Fable Beard Company says, just want to show our continued support. Thank you, my liege. Hey, my pleasure. Thank you. Glad that you are enjoying the content. Thank you so much for the super chat. I really appreciate it. Um, I appreciate it a lot. Thank you. And then I saw one more here. There we go, from Nate the Lawyer. And um, Nate the Lawyer says, I've been watching Nick since 100 subs. I still watch and support the tips um, work. Question, making money off YouTube. What would be a good percentage of money made through AdSense and off YouTube? 50-50, 70-30? It really depends, and that swings so much. So like some people, they'll have like 5% of their income in ad revenue. Other people have 100% of their income in ad revenue or 80% in ad revenue. So there's, it's a really heavy swing. So it really depends on what, what all it is that you are offering and your strategy for putting everything together. So like, for example, if you're, if you're, if you're promoting things like as an affiliate and you're doing a bunch of recurring things, then those are really easy to balloon out and you can, you know, quickly surpass um, your ad revenue, of course, depending on the amount of views that you're getting. Um, also within that, you also have even on platform monetization where some content creators just based on the nature of their content, they make a lot more ad money than other content creators just based on the subject matter or or who it is that's watching their videos. So, you know, because of that, it just swings so much. So what I recommend is I recommend that like for you, you know, and this is for everybody here, just individually, is I recommend that you look at what it is that you're getting from YouTube, but then you also explore like, okay, what else can I do to make money from the efforts that I'm putting into YouTube? And, you know, the common ways are through affiliate marketing, um, through creating your own um, products or services um, that can be digital or physical, um, you know, doing merch through like spreadsheets shop or something like that, um, you know, where you're selling like shirts and, you know, mugs and, and that kind of stuff for your audience. Um, let's see here, crowdfunding, which is kind of like channel membership. So if you're in the partner program, then you can just go ahead and do that on YouTube. But if you're not, then, you know, setting up like a Patreon account or, you know, something like that um, is another thing that people will do, um, or even like a buy me a coffee account. But, um, you know, those types of things, just look 
looking at it like, okay, what, what is it that I can do? And one of the videos that I have on my YouTube channel is called um, how to start what is it? How to start a YouTube channel to make money, I think is, is the is the title. It's something along those lines. But um, basically in that particular video, I go through the process. There's like a downloadable spreadsheet. Uh, it's actually not downloadable. It's a Google sheet that you go to. But um, basically in that particular video, it goes through the process of like explaining like, okay, you know, first figure out the niche that you're operating in or the niches you want to operate in. And then from there, you want to go and research the other channels. And then I have very specific information in there about what it is you want to be looking at and how you want to try to figure out what, how it is that they're monetizing. And then basically you start putting all that together and then it starts to paint a picture of how like a certain niche is monetizing, you know, the content that they have out there. And, um, and then from there, you're like, okay, this is something I'd be willing to do. I think this would be a good fit for my audience. I think this to be a good fit for my audience. So, um, so, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of different options for you. But, um, one thing that I didn't mention, um, you know, because we do have, you know, some larger channels in here too. Um, and, and by larger, I just mean, you know, people that have, you know, like 5,000, 10,000 subscribers and up. Um, but like when it comes to sponsorships, um, that's another way that a lot of content creators monetize. Um, you know, some people are like weird about sponsorships. Other people just fully embrace, you know, what sponsorships are. Um, so it just comes down to you, your audience, the type of content and all of that. But I would definitely, you know, consider that as one of the, you know, arms of monetization as well. Um, let's see here. So next up on the list here, we've got uh, going crazy in the kitchen Super says uh, my channel has lately been stable. Get some recommendations from YouTube around 200 for every long format, slowly growing from shorts. Can I relax? <laughs> yeah. So, so when it comes to YouTube, um, it's really easy to get caught up in, you know, how fast everything's moving and like exactly what's happening because, you know, as people, you know, like we all want everything to, you know, happen as quickly as possible. And we want to, you know, just kind of, you know, hurry up and, 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 and do the thing, right? So the fact that you're, you know, heading in the right direction is definitely, you know, a win. But, you know, there's always places where we can improve, you know, as content creators. I mean, with everything that we do, you know. So because of that, you know, absolutely relax. Like you should be relaxed anyway. You should be having fun with this and you should be looking at it like, you know, hey, this is like a fun way that I can connect with other people. Um, they, this can also be like a huge opportunity. I can use this not only to connect with other people, but also to impact other people and things like that. But, you know, relax. And that makes the whole thing a lot more fun. But definitely look at it and think to yourself like, okay, um, so over the next, you know, 30 days, what's something that I can work on or what's like two things that I can work on to really like deeply understand something or to really start leveling up my skill sets so that I can just keep learning how to just make better and better content for the people that I'm serving with my content. And when you take that approach, even though you're relaxed, when you're taking that approach, then you ensure that every single month that goes by, um, or, you know, you can do that weekly depending on how much time you have. But basically the idea is to ensure that every, you know, every month that goes by, every week that goes by, you're doing the things that will help you level up. Because when it comes to YouTube, you have, you know, just uploading videos, and then you have the side of like, okay, I'm uploading videos, I'm trying to understand my analytics, I'm trying to find tune the experience that the viewers are having with my content. And I'm trying to get my content not just to a competitive level to where it's good enough, but I'm also trying to, you know, get it past that. So I can just like really create something awesome for people. And you know, when you're first getting started, you know, the 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 path from here to here, you know, it might seem like it's a pretty steep learning curve and a pretty steep path. But you know, I can tell you if you're just like, hey, I'm just 
just going to focus on not necessarily, you know, looking for, you know, like shortcuts that I can take. And I'm not saying you're taking shortcuts, but I'm just saying, you know, in case there's somebody in here that is, um, you know, instead of looking at it, like, you know, how can I take a shortcut and how can I, you know, just try to bypass this learn, you know, the, the work in actual, you know, how can I bypass the work, but then get, you know, the results out of it. Um, just focus on the work actually. And by doing that, you'll end up in a much better spot because the understanding that you'll have for how all of these platforms work, because it's pretty, you know, similar in terms of everything comes down to your viewer experience and the value that you're adding through the content that you have. But basically, it'll give you a really deep understanding of how the platform works. And the skill sets that you're going to develop are also things that you can use for your YouTube channel, but also things that you can use for or other skills that you can use for other things as well. Um, you know, some people, they'll start out just making content, but then through the skills that they'll develop, they'll start offering like services to people and things like that. And the next thing you know, they have like a video editing company or like a thumbnail making company or, you know, like a whole like channel management company or like whatever the thing is. So, um, so because of that, you know, there's tons of opportunity here and you can absolutely relax and enjoy the process, but I definitely recommend continuing to go through the process and just looking at it like, hey, I'm, I'm enjoying this, I'm having a good time, I'm heading in the right direction in terms of like, you know, I'm getting just, you know, my results, either they're, they're cruising up quickly or, you know, I'm just taking that one foot in front of the other and I'm just slowly, you know, heading in the right direction. Um, as long as you're heading in that right direction, if it's fast or slow, then you're making that progress, right? So from there, you're getting that progress, you just have to fine tune things to try to, you know, speed things up the best that you can. Uh, Synchroman Mick Super again trash. says, um, I noticed something about the new agreement about not earning on the search page. Does this mean views from search are no longer going to be monetized? I didn't notice that. So I've, I've read through, um, I read through everything and I actually didn't see that. So, um, so I'm definitely, if you could, cause we're connected on, on Facebook, uh, Mick, if you could send me a screenshot of that man, um, just because I would love to see exactly where that is. And then I can actually just kind of go back and forth with you on that, um, on Facebook. Cause I didn't see that. Uh, I didn't see that part in there. So, um, so hopefully that is not the case. Um, but, uh, uh, but definitely send me that screenshot, um, just because I would love to see exactly where that is, or just send me a link, you know, to the page where you found that, because I would like to see where that is. Cause I didn't see that in any of my, uh, in any of the stuff that I was looking at with their updates. Uh, Tooth Banner, what's up, Danielle? Says, um, I did a video about all 25 letters of the alphabet, but all the comments say I made a mistake. I don't know why. Got it. Again, don't know why. Don't the why, the letter, the alphabet. Got it. Got it. Yep. That, that, I, I think the, uh, Let's see here. What was the one you did on watch time? Yeah, I can't remember the watch time, but there was a, I think it was a watch time when that was, uh, that was pretty good too. But yeah, I, I get it there. I get it there uh, on the uh, don't know why. <laughs> uh, always jokes. Hey, Janice um, Byrne, I hope I'm saying that correctly. Welcome to the Nimenati first. Welcome to the Nimenati. But I do want to let you know, um, when you get the chance, go to nimmonvip.com. That's our members-only Facebook group. Um, fill out all the information on the way in. If you can do that before the stream's over today, I can, I can get you in there um, as soon as the stream is complete. Um, but basically, our, our, our Facebook group is where we do like our members' live streams and, and stuff like that. Awesome community over there. Great people over there. So um, so definitely make sure that you you know do go through that process. Um, as a content creator, I know some people are like weird about you know like hey I don't want to connect my like personal Facebook or whatever because I like to you know be behind the channel and. Stuff. Um, that's totally fine. I have the page set up where you can actually join it as a page so you can, you know, remain you know, like anonymous if you would like to just make sure that you do fill out, you know, all the information though on the way in, um, just so that I can, you know, connect that at your channel to, you know, to the, to the group before I let you in. 
um h20 h20 uh, bug says i'm new to youtube um how do you feel about shorts for new youtubers i think they're fantastic and i'll tell you why so first off before we get into why um i just want to say welcome to, to the creator side you know of youtube um i want to let you know that you know there's a lot of people that start youtube and there's a lot of people that you know get a lot of awesome things from youtube and a lot of awesome connections and you know some people make a lot of friends through youtube and things like that and there's also the people that you know will start a youtube channel and then they will kind of go through a little bit of the learning curve and then they'll just kind of give up because you know it's a you know a little bit of work and then you know they'll kind of miss out on all the awesome stuff of youtube so um so because of that i just wanted to encourage you to embrace the learning curve if you embrace the learning curve focus on developing your skill set and understanding how the platform works if you do those two things then you are you're going to do fine um but keep in mind depending on the experience that you have when you come onto the platform you know some of that may require more work than others so for example if you've never designed anything before then in that case you know the thumbnails might be the thing that you need to you know work on quite a bit there if you've never had to you know try to write something that would compel someone to do something then in that case that's a whole other skill set you know that you got to work on so you know you you see these clues all over youtube so you can kind of model what works already um but just you know focus on focus on the skill development side of things um and if you can focus on that and just improving the skill set you'll do awesome over time but in terms of how I feel about shorts for new YouTubers, I think shorts are fantastic for new YouTubers, and, and here's why. So when when it comes to YouTube, um, you know, when you're uploading long form content, or let's say you're even uh, live streaming, when you're doing either of those things, one of the uh, got a weird like thing in my back here. Um, one of the um, things that happens is there's this one little layer of a barrier between you and a potential viewer. And that layer is your thumbnail and title. So basically, when you upload a long form piece of content, or you upload or you start a live stream, then in order for someone to participate in what it is that you have created, then they have to make the conscious decision to click on your thumbnail or title. However, when it comes to YouTube shorts, then in that particular case, you just have to focus on making really good videos and coming up with like interesting topics. And then if you do that, then when somebody slides up on their phone, then your video is gonna be right there. They don't have to make the conscious choice to click on what it is that you've made. All they have to do is just see, you know, how you're grabbing their attention right there and pulling them into the content. And then you get to take them on that ride of that experience through your video. So when it comes to like, hey, I'm just coming onto the platform, I'm just getting started. Um, I think shorts are a fantastic choice for that because, you know, it removes that one, I'm not gonna call it a barrier, but you know, it kind of is, you know, because you know, it's, 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 it's diff you know, it's hard to get people to click on stuff. So because, especially when you're competing with so much good stuff, you know, on YouTube. So because of that, you know, it's just one of those things to where it's like, hey, this is a great place to where while I'm, you know, working on my skill set on the video side that I can, you know, just kind of pop up in somebody's feed. And this gives me the opportunity to work on my hooks and, you know, like really dial in how I'm, you know, how I'm doing my thing either on camera or whatever video content it is that you're making that will teach you to be able to do it, you know, um, in a more impactful way as a new content creator. And then while you're doing all of those, that's where you're like, okay, so I'm in motion right now, right? I'm publishing these shorts on a regular basis. I'm in motion. I'm doing the thing. However, while I'm doing the thing, I'm also going to be studying YouTube and I'm going to be studying how people are making thumbnails. I'm going to be watching videos on making thumbnails. I'm going to be watching videos on like how to make compelling videos and how to keep people watching longer and those sorts of things. 
And then like, if you want to watch videos on like how to keep people watching longer, watch some of Ed's over at Film Booth, watch some of his content. Um, because, you know, like his content is like super, um, like high, uh, high level in terms of like, you know, the, the energy and the work that goes into it. But you can learn a ton, not just from listening to what he's doing, but also watching what it is that he's doing. So if you want to learn how to tell better, better stories, you want to learn, you know, that part of things, um, I definitely recommend that you check him out. But anyway, um, um, while you're, you know, doing the shorts, just going and watching videos on those other things and then practicing those other things like hey let me just sit down and let me find you know a, a way that i can make thumbnails and i'm going to just sit here and i'm gonna you know just work on some thumbnails and see if i can get something you know that would be um something that i think people would click on and as you're doing that you know for for those of you that are new to this and you're trying to kind of get that foothold what you do in that case is you say okay as i'm putting my thumbnail together the job of a thumbnail is not to demonstrate your art skills right the job of the thumbnail is to grab somebody's attention and to help people identify that your content might be something that they're interested in that's like level one and then from there if you can add something that's compelling to your thumbnail then that would be like level two and then within that you also have you know your title that you write so what you need to do is when you're practicing putting together good thumbnails and when you're practicing writing good titles what you want to do even though you're using shorts right like where you're practicing and you're kind of getting you know your skill sets up is every single time you make a thumbnail think to yourself okay what about this thumbnail for the people that i'm trying to reach with the type of content that i make what about this thumbnail would help the people that i'm trying to reach identify that this thumbnail has something to do something to do with something that they happen to be interested in like what about it and the reason you want to think about that is because if somebody's sitting there on their phone which is where you know majority of the traffic is on youtube and they're sitting there and they're scrolling through you know on on youtube's homepage. and here i'll just open it up and do it real quick so they're sitting there and they're just scrolling through right youtube's homepage. what's going to happen is they're going to see oops sorry i just clicked into somebody's video there Sorry for the watch time hit there, uh, you know, when I just clicked out of that. But basically, like, as they are, you know, sitting there scrolling, something in your image for the people that you're trying to reach is going to help them identify that, like, oh, wait, what is this? This is something that, you know, that I'm interested in, something that I care about. So I'm going to, you know, either start watching the autoplay or I'm just going to click into this and see what's going on. Um, of course, often they'll just drop down to the title also because that's a part of the package as well. So you have to do the same exact thing with your title. And you have to think to yourself, okay, if, um, if the people that I'm trying to reach were to have their attention grabbed by this thumbnail that I made and then their eyes drop down to the title from there, what about my title? is going to you know inform them about what's going on or what about my title is going to be compelling for those people like what about this would make them want to click and if you start thinking in that way and you start thinking okay what about this is going to help them identify it and what would get them to click on the thumbnail and what about this title it would help them identify it's something they care about and or that would compel them to click and you start thinking that way then instead of just making a thumbnail to support the video you're going to take there's going to be a lot more intention behind it and you're going to be thinking through essentially you're going to be workshopping in your own brain how to get the people that you're trying to reach to respond to what it is that you're doing at the click level so um so every time you make a thumbnail 
and title, just make sure that you're thinking of those things. Um, but to, you know, to kind of sum up your question though, when it comes to uh, YouTube shorts for a new content creator, yeah, they're absolutely fantastic. In fact, um, Tinkerman Mick, who, um, you know, just, he just dropped a super chat a little bit ago, mentioned that he crossed 300,000 subscribers on his YouTube channel. He's just a few comments up higher than yours. Um, one of the things, um, you know, that he strongly has leveraged is, uh, is YouTube shorts um, on his channel as well. So in terms of, you know, that being a great fit for somebody that's coming in and they're just like, hey, I've got a little bit of time, right? Because then that way you don't have to waste a bunch of time on these long form videos that, I mean, you still want to do that as long as it fits into your goals. But basically like when it comes to the long form content, you know, that's a whole other thing within itself because when it comes to YouTube shorts, getting somebody to watch 60 seconds is a totally different game than getting somebody to watch for 10 minutes <laughs> or 20 minutes or 30 minutes, right? So because of that, it's a great place to start to kind of get in motion and to also see results from what it is that you're doing and to quickly and easily be able to start fine tuning what it is that you're doing just because it's much easier to make a 60 second piece of content than it is to make a similar piece of content that's 10 minutes, right? So um, so because of that, it's a, it's a fantastic place to, to get started. Um, let's see here. So the electric beard Super says, I've been following you for years using yours and some others advice and continued experience less than 5k from 100,000. Awesome. Thanks for all the advice. High five and fist bump to you for that. Crushing. Absolutely love that. Says, um, yeah, 5,000 away from 100,000. So you're 95,000 subscribers. Love it. Love it. Gonna get this is for this is for all the milestones that have come in today. And as a matter of fact, ah, you know, I'm not, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna play it right now. Maybe, maybe we'll play it later. I got, I got a whole song that I play um, for like mass celebration stuff. <laughs> so uh, here's Mo Super says, you and your bro have brought so much value over the years. Um, do you have any advice on um, how do you beat procrastination when it comes to making videos? You know. I'm just going to be transparent with you. Um, I'm I'm quite the procrastinator myself. It might not look like it from the outside, but I procrastinate quite a bit myself. So um, when it comes to beating procrastination, when it comes to making videos, though, it's a totally different thing. So like when it comes to making videos and procrastinating around that, um, that's different for me. So like everything else that I do around like my channel, I procrastinate pretty heavily on it. But when it comes to like making video content with that, it's usually not procrastination. It's just like, where does you know the time fit in? But um, um, one thing that I recommend in terms of beating the procrastination on the making the videos though, is um, coming up with like a, a why, right? So my why is you see those comments that have come in, like um, we got, you know, Electric Beard, we have Tinkerman Mick, you know, we've had a few other people or a couple of other people, you know, that have come in here and they've mentioned like, hey, you know, watching your videos, it's been helpful essentially, right? For, you know, for their milestones. And for me, that's like when I'm like feeling lazy and I'm feeling like, you know, like, yeah, you know what, I'm just not, you know, kind of vibing with it today. Um, for me, I kind of lean on those things because I'm like, man, if I don't make these videos, then there that that might be somebody that I didn't have the opportunity to reach. In fact, when I was at Vid Summit this year, um, I was having a conversation with somebody and they were talking about how basically they, you know, were thinking about starting a YouTube channel and they ended up starting the YouTube channel and they ended up, you know, watching one of my videos and that particular video like caused something to click for them. And when they watched that particular video, from that point forward, they kind of started kind of taking a different approach to their YouTube channel. And then now they're like full-time on YouTube. They got a bunch of subscribers. They're like doing the thing. And one of the things that they mentioned was, and this stuck with me and I'm never gonna forget this. So one of the things they mentioned is they said, because you chose to make a video that day, 
it, you know, like they had, you know, all of that because it kind of helped that click for them. So, you know, that was just one of those things to where it's like, hmm, you know what I mean? So like for me, when I'm, you know, when I'm feeling that way, when it comes to making video content, like those are the things that I think about. And, and that kind of helps me go, you know, and helps me kind of, you know, keep pushing there. But like in your case, what you want to think about is you just want to think about, you know, with whatever type of content it is that you're making, if you're doing entertainment content and the value that people are getting is there is that you're giving them the opportunity to like escape from their daily life for a little bit and, you know, just enjoy that, you know, time with you through how you entertain them or if you are teaching people something and you're helping them, you know, better understand something so they can improve, you know, whatever aspect of whatever it is that they're doing, then that's a different type of value. If you're making, let's say, even like faceless, like motivational videos, then in that case, you know, getting people fired up and keeping people like on the right path and keeping them focused, things like that, that's the value that they get out of that. So just thinking about the value that you're adding to people and thinking about like, okay, with every video that I make, not only can it benefit me, but like a lot of times when we're thinking only of ourselves, it can be really easy to be like, you know what, but I'll be fine. What's another day, right? <laughs> when it comes to procrastination. So when you start thinking of it, like, okay, this is going to be cool for me, but you know, like I'm also, you know, helping people escape through my entertainment or get them fired up through my motivation or whatever type of content it is that you, um, that you do mo. Um, so just start, you know, trying to find that why in terms of like, you know, why is it that I'm doing this? What is it that I'm trying to accomplish? And when you start thinking that way and you start thinking also of like, okay, what is it that I'm trying to do? And you set really strong goals around your YouTube channel that are not just based on views and subscribers, but also based on like the potential impact that you're making or based on, you know, anything else that you're trying to accomplish, um, you know, with your YouTube channel. But when you have those clear goals, then it also gives you something to go after. So, you know, like those days where you're like, ah, I'm just not, you know, like really feeling it today. I'll just kind of do it tomorrow for those days when you have that goal and you put it somewhere, right? Like put it on a notepad somewhere. If you have to put it in a frame and put it on your wall, whatever, whatever that goal happens to be for like your main big picture primary goal, then in that case put it somewhere where you see it every day so then when you're sitting there and you're just kind of feeling a little bit lazy and you kind of want to push it off then just see that and be like you know what i am trying to accomplish something here so every day that i don't do the thing i had this conversation with somebody else this morning so every day that i'm not doing the thing is that like one more day that not only am i not moving in the direction that i want to move with my life but i'm also you know kind of missing the opportunities that are out there because you know every video that i don't make is a video that somebody else can make that they can actually capture some of the audience that I'm going after as well. So, um, so hopefully I know that's like a little bit long winded, but hopefully, you know, that helps in some way, but, um, procrastination is no joke. Um, you know, it's definitely, you know, something that just as humans, you know, we have to deal with, it's even more so, you know, if you are somebody that has, and I'm not saying you, you know, have this, but, you know, for people that have like, you know, ADHD and things like that, you know, like, like, you know, it's no joke. <laughs> so, you know, because of that, you have to kind of, you know, kind of find those little hacks that you can do for yourself in your own mind that will just kind of make you do the thing. Um, you know, one, one, one kind of frame with this that I, that I like is how people talk about the importance of discipline over motivation and thinking of motivation, like it's it, like your motivation is what kickstarts your discipline, right? So it's like, you just need just a tiny bit of motivation just to start being in motion. And then once you're in motion, then your discipline can take over, right? So the, the way, what that looks like is like, let's say, you know, for those people that are thinking of starting a YouTube channel, like my friend that I was talking to this morning, 
he's wanting to start a YouTube channel for years, but he hasn't done it. But now he's to that point where he's like, yeah, you know what? I think I'm going to do this. And one of the things that I was telling him is I was like, man, you've been, you've been thinking about this for years, right? So like you have to get in motion, even if that means that, you know, things aren't up to par the way that you think they are, or like the things aren't going to look the way that you, you know, think they should look. It's way more important to get in motion and start doing the thing because that's how you get to where it is that you're trying to go. But if you just keep sitting back here and planning and thinking about things and all that, then you're never going to actually get there because you're just stuck in this, you know, planning spot. So you gotta, you have to get in motion in order to, you know, in order to build momentum in order to, you know, achieve the things that you're trying to uh, achieve. So again, long-winded, <laughs> right? Long-winded, but, uh, you know, I just wanted to kind of expand on that just a little bit more um, just because, you know, those things are, uh, you know, are, are, you know, are, are real problems, um, you know, and they're, they're, they're real obstacles, so to speak, that we have to overcome. Um, Renee Ritchie says, shorts are like OG YouTube where almost anyone can start making videos again. It resets the barrier of entry. Absolutely. Like the, the way that I frame that, like when I'm talking to some of my friends right now and at this YouTube meet, these, uh, the YouTube meetup that I'm going to, um, the way that I'm framing shorts right now is like, this is an unprecedented opportunity on YouTube. And it's likely that this opportunity that we see right now with like YouTube shorts and, you know, some of the explosion that people are having on being able to, you know, bring a lot of attention to their channels um, through YouTube shorts, like it's likely that this moment in time here that we've had over the last like, you know, two years, um, and that we're going to continue to have here, you know, in shortly into the into the future, um, like this moment in time right now is unprecedented. And really this moment in time, um, it's probably not going to happen again, um, when it comes to YouTube, because we've got you know, wide content, we've got live streaming content, they got podcasts, they've got, you know, the vertical content now, which, you know, when it came out, something completely new, but now the only other way to go is square, which, we, which we've already had, um, or just like diagonal videos, which maybe, but of course, you know, we've got 3D, VR, you know, all that stuff too. But really in terms of barrier to entry though, like short form content, being able to, you know, just make a video, grab somebody's attention without having to learn how to get them to click on it. Like there's, you know, like, like we're not going to see, we're not going to see this opportunity again. Um, Spike Wade says, I feel pretty Super stuck. Um, I'm in between making a one hour video and a five to 10 minute video. Then on the hour video, or sorry, the one hour video would be helping a lot of people, um, but it would take a while. What do you think? I think you should do both. So the reason I think you should do both is work on the on the one hour video, um, because you know if you're going to have that you know super long video, um, you know just just go ahead and work on it. But while you're working on it for all of the people that wouldn't watch a one hour video, make a handful of five minute videos for them, and then use the five minute videos. This is where like con excuse me, this is where content strategy comes into play. You can, I just want to be clear really quick, you can have a thriving, successful YouTube channel with nothing but long form, super long videos. You can do that. However, um, to make things a little bit easier on yourself, um, one thing that you can do is just think about, okay, I'm trying to, you know, add value to people. I'm trying to, you know, make this good content for people. And part of that is I feel that I should make, you know, a one hour long video. So if that's what you're going to do, also think about it through the lens of, you're asking somebody that has never experienced your content before to spend one hour with you, which is okay. I mean, that's, that's a good ask if the content is solid and if it, you know, if it delivers on what they expect when they click on it. However, um, there's a lot of people that have five minutes when they're in the bathroom or that have five minutes while they're drinking coffee or grabbing lunch or waiting on somebody or waiting on a bus or sitting in traffic or whatever the thing is. So for those people, 
having those like shorter form videos, like a five minute video or maybe even a 10 minute video gives you the opportunity to also get in front of those people, introduce yourself to them through that content. And then when you publish that longer one hour video, then you have more people that have already, you know, experienced some of that shorter content that YouTube, um, as long as they're enjoying that short content would be more likely to recommend that longer form content too. So, um, so because of that, I would actually, I would experiment with both and you might find through your through your experimentation, you might find that you know making five to ten minute videos, they're just not digging those for whatever reason. But when you publish the one hour videos, people are loving them, loving them. Or you might find the other way around. You might find that when you publish these one hour videos, people just aren't really feeling it. But when you publish the the five to ten minute videos, people are like really loving those. So you know because of that, when for for everybody here that's a new content creator um, or even an experienced content creator, it's really important to make sure that you're always open to experimenting with what it is that you're doing because you can really uncover so much. Like when you are, when you're open to saying like, you know, like here with Spike Wade, how they're like, you know, I'm, I'm feeling stuck. I'm like, you know, I want to do this and I'm actually making this, but you know, should I do, you know, some of these two? The answer is try it you know, because you might find through those experiments, you might uncover something that will, you know, just lead you in the direction that will, you know, that's exactly where you want to go. So, um, so because of that, you know, when you have those ideas, definitely, you know, definitely experiment with them. Super Triathlon with coach John. What's up, man? Hope you're doing awesome. Says, um, 990 subs, 175,000 views. Thanks, Nick D, Roberto, Daniel, and Thonk. Not sure who Thonk is. I'm gonna have to look that one up. Um, says, what is your thoughts on stitching together like subject posted videos into a super long video? So basically, like um, if you're saying making like a compilation, um, then in that particular case, I think compilations are are awesome. So as long as you take your YouTube videos and you put together the ones that you know are having the great response, and you put together, um, you put them together in a you know way that creates like a really cool experience. Like for example, in your case, um, like if you were doing like you know my um, you know, like if you were sharing like triathlon videos, then it would be like, you know, my favorite water runs or my favorite, you know, sprinting runs or like whatever. And then you start, you know, making compilations like that. Um, absolutely. That's definitely something that is, uh, not only is it, you know, good to do because it helps you, you know, compile content like that, um, which makes things easier on you. Um, but it also gives you like a new offering to your audience of, you know, something fresh that they can experience that also gives you the opportunity to kind of highlight some of the other videos. So when you're doing that, you might also want to consider, um, you know, if you're going to like timestamp them, or you can just put a list down in your video description, just let them know when they're watching the video that you have like each section there to where, you know, you have the links to the actual videos that you've remixed into that video. If they want to watch like the full blown, um, you know, video for each one of those. Um, let's see here. So H2O bugs says that, um, that's a lot of helpful information. Let's say you post a short, it does good. You get a lot of views, then all the views stop coming. Why would that be? So keep in mind with everything on YouTube, like when we publish something, um, we're not guaranteed like a certain result from what it is that we publish. So because of that, you know, it's really important to just remember that one, when you publish a video, one, we don't like, there's like, we're not like owed anything, so to speak, because how the system works is YouTube will start showing your video to people people that they think that are, you know, the most likely people to enjoy the content on the platform because YouTube wants to give their users a good experience. And because of that, um, they're going to show your content to people. However, if those people respond well to your content, that's going to come down to you and how you're put your con how you're putting your content together and how you're packaging it up, right? For the for the sake of, you know, their expectations. So when you are publishing content, 
and it goes out to that initial group of people, like they might really enjoy it. And then from there, if YouTube detects they're enjoying it, they're gonna show it to a broader group of people. And then as they start showing it to more and more people that are not as a perfect fit for that you know, piece of content, then what can happen is that broader group of people, they just stop responding to it as well as that initial group of people. And when that happens, then the system will, you know, will start showing it to less people because they'll start prioritizing other content that is higher performing for those audiences. So because of that, um, you know, like when we publish a piece of content, like it would be great if like, you know, you publish a video and then like, however it does in the first, like, you know, however many hours is just like, you just keep getting those views from like, you know, every hour from like, you know, from that day forward, like that would be awesome. But, um, but you know, because everything on YouTube, everything on, you know, every you know, social media platform, because it's all based on response and how people respond to the content. Um, you know, as it starts going out to those larger groups of people, if they start responding less, then, you know, they that, like it's like the system has to in order to keep delivering, you know, the content that the viewers want to watch to the viewers, the system has to prioritize the content that is getting the highest performance um, based on all the different things that YouTube tracks to gauge performance. So, um, so because of that, you know, that's, that's why content can just kind of fall off out of nowhere, seemingly um, out of nowhere. Okay. I think that got him. Uh, your driver, Mike, what's up, man? Um, let's see here. I'm just doing a quick check. Make sure I got all those taken care of. Little Crafty Nook, what's going on? Hope you're doing fantastic. Um, Doug Houston, YT, what's up, dude? So um, let's see. Okay, so we got those taken care of. So now I'm going to hop back into, ooh, actually fly 444. Super chat. Thank you for the super chat. Super, um, super appreciate it. Thank you for that. So, um, so I'm hopping back into the form here. Um, and the form, for those of you that are just joining us, um, basically what we're doing is we're talking about YouTube. I'm answering questions um, that help content creators. So there's a form down in the description where people are putting in their questions. And basically I'm just going through in the order that they're received or that, you know, that they come in. And I'm just answering them, you know, as they come in. So um, our next one here is from mine and it's free. Like you don't have to, there's super chats here, but you don't have to super chat to have your question answered on the form. Um, this is just something that I do just to, you know, just help out content creators. So, so, um, so feel free to get your question in there. And just so you know, um, just because it goes in the form doesn't mean that it's going to be answered. But if it goes in the form before we run out of time, and I like if I get to it in the form before we run out of time, it'll get answered. But if we run out of time before I get to, you know, the end of the questions, then I just have to call it, you know, there. So that's why it's always a bonus to show up early. <laughs> because then you know, you can ensure that your question gets in there fast. But um, right now, we don't have a ton of questions. So um, so the questions that we have right now, we will get through all these on the stream today. So just as a heads up, um, if you are, um, you know, if you are, you know, wanting, if you do have questions about what it is that, you know, that you're doing on YouTube. So um, let's see here, Doug, I see your message there. So I'm clicking into um, this and I'm going to go check the stars here. So the gaming shelf says, um, hey, Nick, this year I took the uh, leap as a full-time creator. Okay, yeah, we got that one already. Um, Tinkerman Mick, we got that one also. Um, let's see here. Okay, so here we go. Sandy Pan Chowdery says, um, hey, Nick, um, I apologize if I'm saying that um, incorrectly. He says, hey, Nick, I went from 1,900 to 5,000 subs in 2022, but still not happy. But I want to thank you for all the guidance which helped me. Thank you for the kind words. Um, and when it comes to that, you know, keep in mind that, you know, everybody wants to grow faster. And, you know, the fact that you're like, hey, like, I'm, this isn't, you know, like doing the thing for me yet. Like, I want it to do better. Like, you know, just focus all of your efforts on, on, 
the experience that you're taking viewers through when they're interacting with your content, developing your skill sets, and just like really focusing on thinking through how people might interact with your content, the people that you're trying to reach, how they might interact with your content so that you can, you know, embrace that when you're making your videos to create, you know, an awesome experience for them that will also add, you know, a lot of value to them. And if you can focus on those things, then, you know, then you're, then you're massively increasing, you know, your likelihood of accelerating, you know, what's happening with your content. Um, Deo, what's up, man? Says, um, thanks for your advice, Nick. We went from 19,000 to 31,000 in 2022. Not sure if being monetized would have helped me grow more, but happy nonetheless. High five, this bump to you. Nice work. So just as a heads up, um, so when it comes to channels that are monetized versus channels that are not monetized, so the YouTube algorithm in terms of the videos that it shows people, it does not take into consideration if those videos that they're showing to people are monetized or not. So it's a completely different system. And because of that, um, because you know, YouTube is also showing ads on videos of channels that aren't monetized. So they're actually keeping the bag on that. <laughs> so like if it did work in that way, then you know, it would actually be in YouTube's best interest to actually promote the content for the channels that are not in the partner program because then they would get the ad money on them. But you know, it doesn't work that way um, because you know, it is two different systems and that information isn't connected. So um, just as a heads up there. And then after movement says, um, no question, just saying thank you. Thank you um, for the super chat as well. Okay, I think that has us caught up there. I'm just doing a quick scroll to make sure. Freaking awesome says just hit 1000 high five and fist bump to you. Congratulations for your first 1000 subscribers on your YouTube channel. And I like saying first, because if you can get a thousand, you can get 10,000, you can get a hundred thousand, you can get a million. It's just filling in the time and adding the value between now and then, <laughs> right? So, uh, so nice work on your, uh, on your first 1000. So the next question that we have here is from Minecraft Things, and they do uh, videos every other day. They have a how-to tutorial uh, channel or the type of content they do. Um, the goal of the channel is to better their life for their family. And the question is, hey, Nick, I heard making long and short content hurts your channel because of the high number of short subscribers not watching your long form videos. Um, this is not accurate. So um, when it comes to like shorts viewers and long form viewers, like, um, you know, when you have people subscribing to your YouTube channel and your shorts feed and they're enjoying your content in the shorts feed, then YouTube is more likely to recommend your long form content to them elsewhere on the platform. So because of that, keep in mind, they're recommending your content, but that doesn't mean that people are going to click on it. That part is going to come down to you, how well you understand your audience, how you're packaging up those videos that they have to make the conscious choice to click on. So because of that, um, just keep in mind that, you know, when you are publishing shorts, as long as those people are enjoying your shorts that are interacting with them, then YouTube does have that long in their system in terms of those people enjoying your content. So then when you publish your long form videos, as long as topically, you know, it's a good fit for that person, then um, YouTube will, you know, show it to some of those shorts viewers. Back in the day, when shorts first came out, you know, people were separating channels and, you know, things like that. But YouTube has went through the process of, you know, kind of separating everything on their back end. That's why, you know, over the past handful of months, we've had them, uh, not we've had them, but they have separated, you know, our different content types on our channel pages. They've um, separated the different content types and um, mostly inside of our YouTube analytics. So, you know, they're going through that process. They're also building the bridges in terms of, you know, within their system, logging when some 
somebody enjoys a short so that they can, you know, recommend them the long form content. And then they're also doing it to where if you sample out a piece of your long or uh, just a short out of your long form content, they have a direct link going back to the long form content. So they're working really hard to try to, you know, make that connection. So if somebody loves your content, they're going to get your content regardless if it's in a short shelf or, you know, if it's, you know, on their homepage or, you know, whatever. So, um, so because of that, um, you know, don't, don't, you know, like the days of like having to like worry about that, um, you know, those are, those are, those are gone now, fortunately. Ernesto Esparza um, says that they have been on YouTube for less than a year. They do gaming content. How many gamers do we have in here? If you're a gamer, just say me. Um, and they do, uh, the goal of the channel is to reach 40 subscribers. And the question is why I make my new videos and I upload two videos at the same time. I'm not 100% sure of your question because it sounds like you're asking like why you are making your videos and uploading two at the same time. Um, so one thing that I do want to mention, hey, Roger, what's up, dude? Hope you're doing awesome. Um, one thing that I do want to mention is that, you know, if you are making like multiple videos at once and then you're trying to upload two at the same time, make sure that you do have it to where your videos um, in the, and you, you can set this up in your upload defaults. Your upload defaults are part of your YouTube settings. And basically what it is, is you set it up so that when you are uploading your videos, all the information that's in that you go ahead and put in your description, all the settings for like how you want the video set in terms of either uh, uh, public, private, or unlisted, so that when you upload, it's already set that way. So make sure if you are uploading two videos at a time, make sure that you have those set to unlisted before you you know decide to actually publish one. Because if you have two of them going up at the same time and you don't do that and those settings are set to public, once you save them, then you know, you're know you putting both of them out there. So um, one thing that YouTube recommends is they recommend that you do upload your videos as unlisted. And the reason for that is because that keeps everything open for you where you can go in and you can fully prepare your videos so that when you do go public with it, you have everything in place. Paul Peck Drywall Tube. What's up, Paul Peck? Hope you're doing fantastic, my man. Nice to see you in here. Creative Self Therapy. What's going on? Hope you are fantastic. Says, what's the best way to hit 4,000 hours? Um, keep people watching your videos, publish content on a regular basis. Um, if you do already have, you know, people interacting with your content, doing live streams from time to time, um, you know, anybody that hangs out in your live stream for a bit, you know, you're getting a lot of watch time from that. So like on my live streams, for example, you know, I get a, I get a substantial amount of watch time because we, you know, we always keep a decent amount of people in here watching the, the live streams. So, you know, because of that, these, you know, also collect a lot of watch time from them. But, um, you know, when it comes to getting that 4,000 hours, another thing to remember is that, you know, if you just focus like I, I i know because i've been through it so i know that you know when it comes to like hey i want to hit the subscriber threshold or i want to hit the watch time threshold um i know that it's like you know like how do i speed this up how do i get it quicker but at the end of the day if you just focus on the viewers and how it you know like what it is that you're doing for them with the content that you're making and how you know you're paying attention to your audience retention reports which is for those of you that are new youtube gives us inside of our youtube analytics they give us a graph that shows us like a second by second you know indication of how people are responding over time to our content on average and you can actually look for problem areas in your content so you know make sure that you are using those types of tools that youtube gives us so that you can over time learn to make better content that people will watch for longer periods of time and you know when you learn how to get people watching longer and you just you know focus all your efforts on that good experience for them then the watch time will happen the subscribers will happen right so you just have to focus on like okay how do i make these videos as good as i possibly can in terms of the experience the viewer is going to have with this um, and the value that they're going to get from it. If you focus on those things, then you're, then you will hit the uh, watch time requirements.
Um, let's see here. So super chat. Let's see here. Carlene Geisha says, um, says, Hey Nick, um, channel block me because of my last name. How do I handle that? I think I might also affect my content, but it's my real name. Um, so if you're, yeah, I'm not sure. Like um, YouTube shouldn't be, you know, restricting that um, in any way. So I don't think that, you know, it's negatively impacting your channel. One thing that you can do just to double check is if you go into your YouTube app, um, you can do this on a desktop, you know, on a computer also. But if you go into your settings for it, one thing that you can do is you can actually change your app to restricted mode and then go and look at your channel page and you will see any content that's restricted. So if, you know, if anybody here, if you feel that like any of your content's being restricted in any way, that's how you check it. And then you'll be able to see if any of your videos are kind of hidden from, you know, hidden from public view while in restricted mode, because basically when you're in restricted mode, that means people have to be like logged in. They have to be over 18. You know, they, there's actually like requirements there in order for them to be able to view the content, but just like a default user, that's not logged in. Um, they won't be able to see the content. So I, if it's in, in, in restricted mode. So because of that, um, just make sure that you do that check. But I don't think that your name would have any impact there. Um, in terms of channels blocking you because of it, um, you know, like I can see maybe, you know, if, if so, like I wouldn't, I wouldn't block somebody because of that. Um, so I, that might just be something with the, uh, you know, with the channel that did. Okay, so I'm just gonna scroll down, make sure, okay, we got that, uh, we got that taken care of. Okay, so next up we've got, um, let's see here, Ernesto Esparza, I think we did this one, yeah, we did, okay. So next up. If you're enjoying the show, remember to give it a thumbs up and share it with a friend right now. So next up, we've got Jacker Crackers. What's up, Jacker Crackers? Says um, they do tech content. The goal of the channel is to gain subscribers. And the question is, hey, Nick, hope you're doing well. Um, I was in Phuket last week. Oh, nice. Um, any recommendations for next time I go? You should check out Club Med. Have you been to one? Um, here's my YouTube question. What's the biggest myth you hear big YouTubers say about the algorithm from your consulting? Say hi to D for me. So um, when it comes to myths that YouTubers believe, this is an interesting question. So um, first off, Renee Ritchie, I'm not sure if he's still in here or not, but he's actually putting out a series of videos on the Creator Insider channel um, where he's actually going through a lot of YouTube myths. So definitely make sure you check that out. Um, but when it comes to myths, a lot of content creators, they put a lot of emphasis on tags and they think that, you know, tags are like, you know, everything when it comes to getting views on videos, but tags are actually like one of the lowest things now, like they don't even like hardly matter. So because of that, like it's important to just always remember on the, you know, other side of that, um, that, you know, the tags aren't what you need to focus on. You need to focus on making good content and getting people to click on that content through making, you know, thumbnails that help them identify that it's something they care about, either through the imagery itself or stylistically or the words that you're putting on there. And then of course the title, you know, needs to be compelling to get them into. So um, when you are, you know, uh, when you are, you know, thinking of myths, like that's one. Uh, Roberto Blake, what's up my man? So um, uh, Roberto Blake in the house. So um, one thing that he mentioned right here is the video death spiral um, is a myth in terms of, you know, larger YouTube channels. They have this idea that there's like this threshold. And then once you hit it, that you just start, you know, kind of tumbling down. Um, but at the end of the day, if you're putting out content and people are enjoying that content, YouTube will continue to show that content to people. And there's no real incentive there, right? Like why would YouTube limit um, you know, the, a channel that has, you know, proven because, you know, through their size, they've proven to deliver value over and over and over again. What's really happening 
is that, you know, the content creators that think that, you know, that death spiral is there, what's really happening is they're losing interest. They're not putting in, you know, the effort that they used to put in. They're making different decisions that are leading them down different paths, you know, those sorts of things. So, um, so you know, make sure that you're always remembering that. Um, in addition to that, um, a lot of people also think that the only way to like get views on YouTube is through YouTube search, but in reality, it's opposite of that. So YouTube search is a great stable traffic source as long as you're uploading, you know, on a somewhat regular basis. Um, but when you are like really trying to like level up what it is that you're doing on YouTube and you're trying to maximize, you know, your view counts and things like that, it's really important to make sure that you are thinking that YouTube search is extremely effective, effective, uh, effective, and it's a really great traffic source and it's stable. Like I said, as long as, you know, as long as you are, uh, you know, uploading on a regular basis and things like that. Um, however, a majority of the views come from YouTube recommending com content to people. So when you are targeting YouTube search for something, you always want to make sure that you're also going through the exercise of thinking the thing that I was saying before about, okay, if this were to show up on somebody's homepage, even though I'm going after YouTube search with this, I'm trying to get this to show up over there. If this were to show up on somebody's homepage, what about this would, you know, cause them to identify it and then click on it. And then making sure that you're thinking about that from, you know, even if you're going after YouTube search in the same thing goes for your title because you can workshop your titles in a way to where you're like okay this is optimized for search but it's compelling enough to where if it shows up anywhere else it's also worthy of you know worthy of a click so just make sure that you're always you know keeping that in mind as well and roberto says another myth live streams don't hurt your channel it's actually growing channels and making some of the most money out of all formats on the platform yeah some people are are just live channels like that's all they do and they're thriving so yeah absolutely yeah like that was another thing that happened like a while back and um, it basically was like a myth that started going around. And the idea was people, you know, that were making content on like one thing, they were on a live stream on something completely different. And, you know, they were noticing that like just people weren't responding well to their live streams and they would, you know, kind of blame their live streams for other content not doing well. But in reality, it was just, you know, how they were, you know, approaching the, uh, approaching the thing. Freaking awesome, says super thank you for chat. all your support, patience and hard work, Nick. Thank you for the super chat. Thank you for continuing to show up here. Thank you for, you know, for, you know, for, for doing the thing, man. Super, super appreciated. Thank you. What's up, people? This your boy Viper, the man about tech. Viper, man about tech in the house. What's up, my man? Hope that you are doing fantastic. Hope you're doing great, man. Um, MKME Lab says they would be shooting themselves in the foot, downplaying a channel, which is enjoyed. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so let's see here. So next up, oh, this is a good one. I got to make sure to mention this one here. I'm actually, I'm going to pin this one on the screen real quick, uh, as long as I can get down to the bottom of the uh, comment section here. Yeah. Another one here is uh, Roberto mentioned another myth is that SEO is dead. Um, he says, yes, SEO isn't the biggest traffic source, but 90% of YouTube graphic traffic goes to the top 3% of channels. Um, so why do you care um, about, or so, so why do you care about most get views where you can? Yep. And like, you know, it really comes down to optimization. You know, like when you're making something for YouTube search, all you got to do is just think about it just for a little bit and make sure that you're adding something compelling to it. And when you're, when you're doing that, then you're, then you're making it more um, interesting or more compelling from, you know, from the recommendation features as well. So the next question that we have, and by the way, if you're just joining us, um, we're talking about YouTube. Everybody here is a content creator. You know, we're all doing, you know, the YouTube thing. But um, but basically the conversation today is we are um, answering YouTube questions. So I have a form down in the description where people are putting their questions. I'm just answering them in the order that they're received, um, helping people, you know, better understand, you know, what it is that they're doing on YouTube. 
Um, so the next question that we have here um, is from Jaden. Um, Jaden has been on YouTube for a year or more. They do gaming content. The goal of the channel is to get monetized. And the question is, is gifted membership still in beta or it's out? Um, so to my understanding, I think gifted memberships is is out um, to my understanding. Dean Emmett in the house, what's up, bro? He says, yep, that's my top traffic source too. Search traffic made me a full-time content creator. Yep. So um, let's see here. So yeah, in terms of the uh, gifted memberships, yeah, I'm pretty sure it's um, it's out to everyone now. So next up, we've got Inglis Conharry says that they do bi-weekly content. Um, they've been on YouTube for a year or more. They do edutainment content. Um, the goal is to build a following to one day sell online courses. And the question is, hey, Nick, um, I've been studying your content for years and I've been working full-time. Hey, really quick before I answer this um, question, because um, you know we've got a lot of people in here right now, like 400 people. Um, for those of you that use music in your videos, um, I wanna let you know that um, my brother D and I, we have a free music service. It doesn't cost you anything, um, a free music service for you. YouTube content creators. So um, it's called Creator Mix. You can go to creatormix.com and check that. I got links to everything down in the description, but um, but you can use it like in your live streams, you can use it in your video content, whatever, without having to like worry about anything. And um, also um, when it comes to uh, Creator Mix, like if you just wanna like jam out to some really good music, you can also find it on like Spotify, Apple Music, all the, all the major streaming platforms, you can find it over there. Um, so you can listen to that stuff um, as well. But it's called Creator Mix. So if you do need music for any of your stuff, it's free. Um, we made it for the community. So definitely, you know, make sure that you check that out. D is like, it's free. Like, yeah, really, like it is. Like it's legit, like free. It doesn't cost you anything. <laughs> so um, let's see here. So next up, we've got um, back on this question here. It says, I've been studying your content for years and I've been working full-time making professional videos for people's websites for over a year. That's cool. I feel like with my video skills and my ability to grab people's attention, I can jump in at the deep end with YouTube ads to help get some momentum with regards to views and subs. My plan is to stop the ads when I hit a thousand subs and then go purely organic from them on. Is this a bad idea? Thanks for all that you do. So the first thing that I would do um, instead of doing ads first is I would actually try to get some traction organically first. And the reason for that is because even though you're doing this for other people, when it comes to a new channel, you're gonna have like different audiences that you're trying to connect with and you have to learn how to get those specific people to respond. So like as an example, people that watch my content, they don't respond to videos the same exact way as the people that are watching like a lot of cooking content. Even though there's some crossover, like at scale, you know, people don't respond to cooking content the same way they respond to my content. So, you know, when you're working with other people and you're making, you know, videos for them, that's for what it is that they're doing. So I recommend that you get some, you know, organic growth from what it is that you're doing. And the reason for that is because if you don't and you just put the money on advertising and you're trying to, you know, kind of fast track the process, then as soon as you stop spending money, if you haven't learned how to connect with that audience yet, then it's, you know, as soon as you turn off the spend, then everything grinds to a halt because when YouTube recommends your videos to some of those people, like you still gotta be able to get them to click, you still gotta be able to get them to come in and things like that. So because of that, I always recommend that people um, start on the organic side. And then from there, if you wanna run ads, things like that, you know, feel free. But even with that, like I, I really still, like if you wanna have like a long-term sustainable, you know, YouTube channel, like I would just focus all of it on, um, on you know, organic growth. But some people, you know, they definitely, you know, they, they just constantly run ads on their, on their channels and stuff like that. I have a friend of mine 
that he makes super engaging content. People love it. Um, he gets, you know, lots of views on the videos that he puts out, but he also, as you know, like a side arm of what it is that he's doing, he also is continually running ads to like a handful of specific videos on his YouTube channel because he uses his YouTube channel for business. So because of that, he's doing the organic growth thing with the value content, but the content that typically drives the most attention to his business and all the different stuff that he offers, what he does there is he will run ads on that content because he actually gets a return there, right? So when you're running ads on uh, a video to, or on a channel to get to a thousand subscribers, technically your return could come in monetization, you know, that sort of thing. But really, like if, you know, like if you're in my friend's scenario where you have like a business channel and you have some videos that are proven to convert at a higher rate, you're running ads on those and that's also bringing attention to your channel, that makes a little bit more sense. But if you're like, you know, a, a content creator and you're putting out, you know, um, content, you're trying to, you know, grow your YouTube channel as, you know, a content creator, um, I really recommend that you do go the organic route. Um, Kelly Caldwell says, like and share it on my community. Thank you for that. Super, um, super appreciate the shares and the likes. If you haven't um, given this a stream a thumbs up yet and you're enjoying the information so far, you know, definitely feel free to um, give this a thumbs up. I'd appreciate it. So the next video or the next video, the next um, question that we have, that was another one from Jacker Crackers. So what I do, just as a heads up, I never skip questions unless it's a repeat from the same person. Um, the reason I do skip those is because, um, you know, I just wanna make sure, you know, as many people get a chance to get their questions answered as possible. So um, so if you got a question in here, I'm not skipping it. Um, however, if you repeat, you know, if you submit a bunch of questions then I, you know, I just answer the first one that I run across. As long as I notice, I've had plenty of times where I've, you know, answered multiple questions, but the uh, everything C um, says they do software tutorials. Um, the goal of the channel is to build a side hustle for extra income. And the question is, my initial videos stop getting impressions after two weeks. Are they dead or will they come back in the future? Um, it's possible they could come back in the future. Um, one thing that I would do if they're getting zero impressions is I would modify something. Like I would go in, I would update the thumbnails, titles, you know, all of that. Um, because like if they're not getting impressions, it's because people aren't responding well to them. So because of that, YouTube has kind of deprioritized those and they're instead prioritizing other content for that audience that is proven to, you know, that they respond better to. So if you ha are not getting any impressions, like they just stop showing your videos to people, then I would definitely make an adjustment to your thumbnail and or title to see if people, you know, to see if YouTube will give you some impressions then. And then if people respond better to those updates that you do, then, you know, then YouTube should keep showing it to people, maybe not a ton um, until they start getting, you know, a lot of data of how that change impacted the video. But, um, but when it comes to, you know, those changes, if YouTube just completely bottoms your video out, then, you know, I would first, before you even go through that process, like I would, I would think about if somebody were to see this thumbnail and title and click on it, what would they expect to get out of the video and make sure that how you structured the video and the content that you're putting into the video matches what you believe that expectation would be. Um, and then if it doesn't, then make sure that you do update your thumbnail and title. And then from there, make sure that you update your thumbnail and title in a way that will, even if it's not like super compelling, that at the very least builds up the right expectation. So the people that do click on it will at least get what they expected, which will also help them watch the videos for a longer period of time and help the video perform better. So just make sure that if you are going to make those changes, um, that you are thinking of that part of things, because that will be the only thing that like really would make the difference. But absolutely, if YouTube does test that content, even if you don't make any changes at all, if YouTube does occasionally test that content against, you know, other people and they do start responding to it, then, you know, you can just out of 
nowhere on channels. Sometimes you'll just see videos start taking off. Um, so, you know, those sorts of things do happen, but also it does happen as well that if you put something out, people don't respond, you know, that great to it, then in that particular case, you know, then they'll prioritize the content that people are responding better to. Um, let's see here. Next up on the list here, we've got SND Huston. SND Huston says that they do um, an author tube channel. The goal of the channel um, is for community and to share my self-publishing journey. I'm also the founder of the AuthorTube Writing Conference. Oh, that's cool. Um, the question is, can I take a portion of longer live videos to create a shorter published video without having to unlist the longer live? If yes, would you recommend or not recommend doing this? Um, absolutely. Um, so if you have longer form content and it makes sense, for like, you know, like if you can sample out a piece of that long form content to make like a five minute video and, you know, it makes sense, like it can stand on its own merit, then in that particular case, absolutely. Um, sample that content out and you can make that shorter form content without question. So um, the problem is like when it comes to like duplicate content and things like that, the problem there is like when you take the same video and you just like, you know, upload it, you know, more than once. But in this case, you're taking the longer form content and you're creating a different offering, right? You're uploading something different, even though it's sampled out from that. Um, and that is actually like a strategy that a lot of people use one to keep consistent uploads going up to their channels Two, some people will have like a long form channel and then a short form channel. And they'll use the short form channel to kind of introduce themselves to people. And then they'll use that to also spread awareness about the long form content. Um, so, you know, your call on, you know, that particular approach, but um, sampling out, you know, shorter clips out of your long form content is absolutely something you can do. And it's actually, you know, something that's pretty common um, on YouTube also. Um, um, Carlene Geisha super says, can chat. I, thank you for the super chat, says, can I advertise the link to my membership perks on my community tab? Um, yes, you can. So basically, um, you know, all channels that have memberships, you have the link um, that will, you know, send people to your membership. So absolutely, you can say like, oh, hey, by the way, you know, if you're not a channel member yet, um, you know, these are some of the things that I offer, blah, 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 you know, click this link to, you know, check out the details or whatever, you can absolutely um, do that. So since it's an on-site link, meaning that people are not going to leave YouTube when they click on it, like you can, you can, you can post any on-site link that you want in your, um, in your YouTube community feed. Um, let's see here. So next up on our list is SD Huston. Oh, we did that one already. Okay, let me go next here. Hey, Dave Matney, what's up, dude? Hope you're doing awesome. Happy New Year. Says, um, hey, Nick, is there any disadvantages? Is there any disadvantages to blocking certain channels or competitors from running ads on my videos? Absolutely. Um, all disadvantages. Um, the only disadvantage really is that, you know, if they were like a heavy advertiser on your content, then you would take a hit on like ad revenue. Um, but if they are, you know, a competitor, then the hit that you're taking from them advertising on your video is probably much bigger than just ad revenue. So because of that, in your case specifically, since you're doing like real estate, um, I there's there's not any disadvantages at all that I can think of um, of of blocking your competitors from advertising on your content. Um, you're actually doing yourself a favor there, and that is actually something that I do recommend to business channels that have competitors. Um, you know, because like some people, they'll start a YouTube channel and they like, oh, I don't care about you know getting into the partner program because that's not what I'm using this channel for because it's a business channel, but I'm all I'm, I'm like, no, 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 you got to get in the partner program, because then you can actually turn ads off or you can go in and block your competitors from advertising on your videos if you do want to run ads, those sorts of things. Um, so, you know, I would definitely just go ahead and, um, and and block your competitors there in your in your AdSense account.
Um, and, and just a quick, uh, you know, tip for you also. Um, so there are tools, I can't think of the name off the top of my head, but there's tools on Facebook um, where you can actually go in and you can look to like, if you know, like your competitors, Facebook pages, you can actually go over there and you can actually see like the, you know, the camp campaigns they're running and things like that. And you can follow those links through. So you can get some of the links also that they might be using for advertising. So you can make sure that you're putting some of those in your, uh, you know, in your blocked words list too. Um, let's see here. So next up on the list, hold on. Chantel just said, uh, hold on. I just lost it here. Um, so Chantel says, um, I have Roberto's books to get to next as well. Yeah. So Roberto, um, I have this in my book stand here, but for those of you that don't know, um, Roberto Blake that's in the chat right now, this is, ah, this is his, um, book here. Um, it's called create something awesome. And he's just a friend, like I'm not, this isn't sponsored or anything, but, um, but you can get this on Amazon. Basically the, the whole thing with this book, um, is it tells you about how creators are profiting from their passion in the creator economy, but a lot of like really good advice, um, in here for content creators and just a lot of, you know, insight from Roberto's experience, you know, of, of growing his brand online and also working with a bunch of other people growing theirs or helping them grow their brands as well. So definitely a really good book. You can get this on Amazon. Um, just look for, you know, create something awesome by Roberto Blake. But um, let's see here. So the next question that we have here is from the suspect way. Thanks for mentioning that, Chantel. I appreciate it. Um, so the um, next channel here is the suspect way. The suspect way says they do true crime type, no live stream yet. So it's just true crime um, content. The goal of the channel says, I like this type of content. And the question is, how can I get more subscribers? I know I just started the channel, but my videos so far are more like momentum news type. Um, I know if I start live chat, I will grow a little more, but I have an accent. So I'm not sure yet, European accent. Can you give me please one hint? Um, I just started editing videos, still learning. Is the live chat that important at this moment, I promote myself on Twitter. So one thing to always remember as a YouTube content creator, yes, absolutely. You know, if you want, you can share your videos out onto other, you know, social platforms. Just make sure that like, if you're sharing your videos out to Twitter, for example, share them to your Twitter account only if your Twitter account is grown from people like interacting with your content and the people that are following you on Twitter are people that would be likely to enjoy your content. Same exact thing goes if you're going to share your videos anywhere else online on, you know, in any other communities on Discord, Facebook, Reddit, anywhere else, you need to make sure that anywhere you're sharing your content, those people are the perfect fit. And the way you think about this is with my video and my type of content and even the topic of this, for the people that are in this group, based on their being a member of this group because they're interested in this particular topic, if these people, based on their proven interest in this topic, were to see my video show up on their homepage, would they be likely to respond to this or not? If the answer is a 100% yes, this is a perfect fit for them, then of course, you know, as long as they're okay with people, you know, dropping videos in there, then, you know, sharing your, you know, link to your video in there is fine. However, if you want to focus on the real wins, if you're like, hey, I, I, I want to like do the thing that works, I want to do the thing and I want to spend my time doing the things that will bring me the best benefit, then in that case, focus all of your efforts on YouTube. Like you can share your stuff out to like your Twitter account. Yeah, I would even automate that stuff. So like, you know, Tube Spanner, which we talk about a lot here, um, they actually have a social media tool that can, you know, that you can just automatically share your YouTube videos out. So like as you're uploading your videos, you can like schedule them to like go out, you know, to Twitter or whatever, like just do that. And instead of thinking like, oh, I got to publish a video and I got to promote it all over the place, start thinking like, okay, Instead of wasting that energy in all of those places, I instead, 
I'm going to spend that time that I would spend trying to share my content in places in my YouTube analytics, trying to get a better understanding of, of how people are responding to my content. I'm also going to spend some of that con some of that time watching content creators in my space, seeing what it is that they are doing that people are responding to well. I'm also going to spend some of that time just reading comments from other content creators in my space, looking for holes in all the stuff that they're doing so that I might be able to make videos about some of those things. And basically the idea is to learn how to leverage YouTube because you're trying to get the results on YouTube because, you know, absolutely you can, you know, share to some Reddit pages. And as long as your content's like a perfect fit there, like Reddit can really drive some traffic. However, long-term sustainability, you just got to learn how to, how to do well on YouTube. And if you learn how to do well on YouTube, then that skill set that helped you do well on YouTube, you'll be able to ride that for a considerable, um, a considerable amount of time because you've learned how to use the platform that you're wanting to get the results on. Right. So, um, so because of that, instead of focusing, like, you know, sharing your content and like all that, just focus on YouTube itself. But, um, in terms of, you know, you doing live streams and things like that, live streams are cool. Live streams are great for, you know, just connecting with the community and, you know, there's all kinds of different types of live streams that you can do. Um, but, um, it's not a, it's not like a necessary thing, um, that you have to do. So like, if you're not ready for live streams yet, or you're like, Hey, I'm not quite there yet. Let me, you know, cause my accent's strong. I'm just trying to kind of fine tune that a little bit first. No problem at all. No problem at all. Like you're okay. Just uploading video content. Uh, next up we've got, um, Mo 300 says that they have football fan, a football fan channel. The goal of the channel is news updates from a fan's perspective. The question is, I've noticed that a trend on my channel and a few others that seem to indicate streaming viewer numbers are dropping, at least in my subject area. I was wondering if you've seen a similar impact and if so, why do you think this is? Um, so no, actually, um, uh, in regards to that, like this stream specifically, um, is actually doing, you know, pretty well. So in terms of, you know, stream numbers dropping, if you notice that happening, just keep in mind that, you know, when it comes to, you know, your streams getting recommended, you know, things like that, the similar rules apply in terms of if there's been a lot of people interacting with your channel lately, then, you know, those people are going to be likely the ones that are really enjoying the content are going to be likely to, you know, have it presented to them. Um, in addition to that, once people do come into your live stream, you know, the, your ability to hold them in the live stream is also, you know, going to be, you know, something that, um, is going to help you keep those numbers up. Um, and you know, any, you know, like when it comes to your live stream, like it's going to come down just like your video content to how people respond to it. So if you notice the numbers dropping, then it could be some of those things that I was talking about, about, you know, not having as much activity on the channel as a whole. Therefore, it's kind of reflecting back on the live streams. It could be that just topically or how you're putting your titles and thumbnails together. Um, it's just not being, you know, as compelling for people. So because of that, people just aren't clicking and coming in. Um, so, you know, when you publish a, a live stream or when you're doing a live stream, Sometimes, you know, you nail it and, you know, you get a lot of people coming in um, other times, you know, maybe your title's a little bit off or maybe, you know, just the timing's off a little bit or maybe your energy is off or something like that. And, uh, you know, and, and just, you know, you don't get the same results, you know, out of them. I've done hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of live streams and um, out of the, you know, live streams that I've done, you know, they've all been wildly different um, in terms of their results. Of course, you know, over time, they do seem to continue to slowly grow, you know, just a little bit, you know, they just push just a little bit more, a little bit more over time. Um, but 
you know, in terms of just the overall performance, you know, they're, they're kind of all over the place. Um, and you can see that if you go to my live page on my YouTube channel, you'll see that I have some live streams that are packaged up real tight and nicely. They're my new segments. Some of those will have, you know, like 90,000 views on them, 60,000 views on them, 20,000 views on them. And then you have these live streams where they're more of like a hangout to where, you know, we're answering questions and just like informing people of a bunch of stuff, but there's no real structure outside of just answering question after question. And um, these particular streams just typically don't do you know, as well long term. Um, so you know, you'll see the numbers on these go anywhere from like 15,000 all the way down to like 6000. So um, so you know, they're they're kind of all over the place too. Um, let's see here. Next up, Ash Borland. What's up, my dude? Hope you're doing fantastic. Nice to see you in here. So we've got uh Christian Omage. I hope I'm I hope I'm saying that correctly. Omej. If you're enjoying the show, remember to give it a thumbs up and share it with a friend right now. Christian says there, um, the channel is to make money online. The goal of the channel is to give value and also make money via the YouTube partner program. The question is, my channel was demonetized due to invalid traffic clips, clicks and I'm confused. Um, what do you advise I do now? So if you were not, you know, clicking on your ads on your um, on your videos, which technically if you're not in the, oh, you were demonetized, okay. So if you were, you know, accidentally, you know, clicking on the ads for your videos, if you, or if you were doing anything, you know, of that nature, then, you know, you are going to get, you know, hit with that once they detect it. Um, if you were not, then in that case, I would go through like a dispute process and see if you can, you know, get that removed. Um, because if you legitimately were not taking that type of activity, then it could have just been like a, you know, an error in the system. So because of that, you know, I would definitely dispute it if you feel that you did get that, you know, penalty and error. Next question we've got. Waiting for the page to load here. <laughs> the worthless man. Sounds like a sounds like a like an inspiring channel. <laughs> oh, just give me a hard time. I love the channel name, but but like I read that and I'm like, man, I'm not sure. Like, woo, I'm not sure if I'd click on that one, right? But uh, let's see here. So the the question is um, that you do um, uh, manga and a manga uh, content. Um, the goal of the channel is for now, just taking, uh, just, just making content as a hobby. And the question is, um, the question is related to YouTube's recent change of rules regarding the use of swear words, which as you explained in a previous live stream, hell and damn can be permissible, but under some suitable conditions question, is there something going on with double meaning sentences that I'm not aware of? Um, not that I'm aware of, it doesn't mean that it's not taking place, but you know, that I'm aware of, you know, they're not trying to like trick people into not monetizing their videos. Um, so when it comes to like double meanings and things like that, like I wouldn't worry about that too much. Um, but you know, just in case for those of you that are here, just in case you don't know, um, you know, in case you haven't been watching like the news segments that I do, or you just haven't been keeping up on what's going on on YouTube. So basically, um, YouTube, I mean, they, they introduced this, they started talking about it like earlier last year, but then they actually like put it into place. Um, I think it was in November of last year, but then they've actually had some content creators starting to get like dinged with this now. And basically what it is, is they've made it to where if you have a swear word within the first eight seconds of your YouTube video, then um, that video will get demonetized. And that also works retroactively on your channel. So because of that, if you're somebody that has an intro like hey what's going on you know swear word then um then you know something like that and it happens within that first eight seconds um there's some channels that are just getting you know massively you know demonetized uh because of that so that that's the reference that uh that that uh the worthless man is making 
I feel bad, like saying your channel name. I'm like, you know, that's the reference the worthless man is making. Like that makes me feel bad just saying it that way. Ah, uh, whoo, that's like a tricky, that's like a tricky channel name. <laughs> so uh, The Sound of Cooking is our uh, next channel here. Um, they do cooking content. The goal of the channel is to teach how to cook Taiwanese and East Asian recipes and share stories to eventually monetize and sell courses. The question is, um, I have two related niches and I'm torn on whether they're close enough to include on my current channel or if I should start a second channel. My main channel is focused on cooking East Asian recipes. As a dietitian, I'd like to add nutrition and cooking videos for cancer recovery, also focused on East Asian foods. The style of these videos would be very different as well. Talking head versus my usual videos that highlight the sounds of cooking. So basically what I'm seeing here because because I'm not seeing the question. I see the problem, but I'm not seeing the question. So, and I'm torn whether they're close enough to include on my current channel. Okay, so here's how to think about this. So one, if you're doing cooking videos for cancer recovery, that's gonna be a totally different audience than cooking videos. So what you wanna think about when it comes to the, you know, deciding what content to put on your channel is first, you gotta think about who it is that you're trying to reach with your content in the first place. And when you're thinking about that, you gotta think about, okay, the people that are gonna be watching the regular food videos that you make, if they see a title about a food video that has something to do with, to do with cancer recovery, are those people likely to click on that? Probably not, unless they're, unless they're, you know, they know somebody with cancer, unless they, you know, have it themselves or they're in that recovery process, then, you know, most likely not. However, if it's like food content and food content, after they watch one food video, they go to your YouTube channel, they're looking for more videos, they see more just general food content, then they're going to be really likely to click on that because that's all in alignment with what it is that they're interested in. Um, same thing with like the cancer content. So it's like, hey, if I do the, the food um, content over here, about that and then i do the you know more food videos about that and i have a whole channel about that um then you know those people that are dealing with that situation they're going to be able to binge watch all the content on that channel because it's all for them so when you come into a situation like this what you have to think about is who is it that i'm trying to reach and if somebody watches video a out of that audience that i'm trying to reach how accessible is every other piece of content on my channel or at least most of the content on my channel to that particular viewer and how easy is it for them to binge watch and is there anything that i'm doing or any content decisions that i'm thinking of making that could actually throw a wrench into their binge watching session so for example and I'm just going to use another type of content, you know, just for this example. But like, um, as an example of that, like, let's say that you are making, you know, gaming content where you're just doing like, you know, hey, I'm just playing this game. You're reaching a different type of viewer there than people that are trying to like learn about the game. Because people that are learning about the game, they might not even watch gaming content, right? So because of that, if you have a channel where you're teaching people about the game, then it's easier for people to binge watch and get up to speed really fast about that game, which adds tons of value to them. Um, however, if you are making that type of content and then you're throwing in like, you know, a bunch of like let's plays and things like that, well, you might make it to where that it's harder for that viewer to binge watch a lot of your content because they're there just for that educational, like how to play the game stuff, not necessarily to hang out in the let's plays, um, and, and vice versa, right? It goes the other way too. So when it comes to, you know, the content decisions or, or the decisions about the content you're putting on your channel, just think of it through that lens in terms of, okay, if somebody were to be watching, you know, 
this, what is the likelihood that they would also be able to enjoy a majority of the rest of the content on my channel? Now, if you're doing like one-offs, things like that, then, you know, it's not as intense, but like, it, it, you know, cause if you have a cooking channel and then you just happen to make that video, or you have a set of like health-based videos, then in that particular case, it's fine. But like, if you're like, hey, I'm, I'm gonna, you know, make like a bunch of videos like this, um, I would actually separate those so that you can like, just really dial in, you know, that audience. And then you can make sure that you have the general food audience dialed in too. KMH family, super what's going on? Thank you for the super chat. Nice to see you in here today. Says, um, hey, Nick, my daughter and I are going to start another channel, Mother and Daughter Podcast, um, talking topics dealing with personal growth and development for younger generation and single mothers. Would love any advice and tips that you have. Well, you're in luck because YouTube is actually doubling down. Well, not doubling down, but they're actually, they've got like, you know, their whole podcast section now. And um, to my understanding, they're actually going to be doing a lot with that here in 2023. So, um, so your timing is actually perfect on that. Um, but one thing that I do recommend is, um, you know, when you are spreading awareness about the YouTube channel, um, I would just make sure that you're thinking, you know, like on the different channels that you guys have already, just thinking like, okay, for this podcast channel, like out of these different audiences, like we got to make sure that we're just being a little bit mindful of the topics that we're talking about or the things that we're showing in our vlogs on like, you know, one channel, for example, that we're going to let people know about the podcast channel and make sure that it's like a good fit um, audience wise. But when it comes to the actual podcast itself on like, you know, um, Apple podcasts or whatever, then in that particular case, um, you know, just letting people know about it, having it in all your video descriptions, like, hey, you know, go listen to our podcast. Technically, you could do that as well um, for your current one. But um, you like I would do a couple preemptives first. So like, for example, one thing that I would do is I would go into your community feeds on all your different channels, I would make a handful of posts, one of them would be like, do you listen to podcasts? Yes or no. And then you would get, you know, that data from them, at least the people that were participating in the community posts, which are, you know, some of your most engaged people. Um, and then the next question that I would ask is, you know, um, what type of podcast do you listen to? Um, and then it would be like, you know, um, what do you have here that you're going to be doing? Top and dealing with personal growth. Okay. So then it would be like personal growth and development would be one option. And then the other option would be like, you know, um, you know, gossip and, you know, like celebrity gossip or something like that. And then like something else of your choice. And then, you know, see if you have a lot of people that even listen to that type of podcast on the channels. And you just go through a series of questions like that um, designed to understand which channels that you have would be the best to uh, leverage to spread awareness about the podcast that you have based on them being a good candidate to actually listen to the, listen to the podcast. So hopefully that helps. So uh, let's see here. So next up on our list here, we've got... Fit 50 Project. Fit 50 Project says they've been on YouTube for less than one month. Welcome to YouTube. Welcome to YouTube. Welcome to the creator side of YouTube. The type of channel is documenting my lifestyle journey or talking about my favorite sports team. The goal of the channel says I'm starting to um, I'm starting a channel to keep myself accountable to my weight loss goals at 52 years old. That's cool. That's awesome. Um, the question is, I have two channel ideas and I'm not sure which one to go with. And that's what's stopping me from getting started any further. One is where I document my weight loss journey at 52, and the other is doing videos about my favorite hockey team, including the history of players and doing a live stream after every game. So um, I would like, if you're wanting to do both of those, 
you can. I would just do them on different channels, right? Um, and then you have, you know, your hockey channel, and then you have your weight loss channel. And since the one would be, you know, your passion about, you know, that particular team, and you'd be doing live streams over there, then just make sure you have enough time, you know, allotted for that. And then for the like, hey, this is my weight loss journey, and I'm doing this to hold me accountable. Um, in that particular case, like that'll be really interesting for some people. Um, and, you know, just sharing, you know, all the, you know, things that you're going through there and giving, you know, some tips on, you know, like, like, hey, I found that when I do these types of things, it helps keep me motivated or it's helping me, you know, lose weight faster or something like that. Um, putting that type of information on the one channel will then create that resource where people can follow your journey there and kind of get behind you and root for you. And then also they can extract some value out of that and through the information that you share to possibly help them, you know, um, get themselves in shape also. So um, I think both of your ideas are solid, um, but I would just pick, you know, I would pick either like starting two channels that when never doing a channel before, like that's a bit of a, you know, that's a bit of a, you know, like that's a heck of a jumping in head first. However, um, like I personally believe that like, since this is something that you haven't done before, that starting one and just focusing on that one would be the best thing to do. And the reason for that is because, when you are learning how all this stuff works, um, I'm not sure if you're in here earlier when I mentioned that, you know, people that are responding to my content don't necessarily respond to the same things as people that at scale are watching like, you know, recipe videos. So because of that, you know, when you're doing two different channels like that, it can kind of make it a little bit more hard to learn who it is that you're, you know, really one, how, you know, how your videos are being received, but two, how to really connect with the people that you're trying to reach. But if you focus on one, then you can just go all in on that one and you can really learn how YouTube works. You can learn the things that that audience responds to, and you can learn how to really serve that one audience. And then once you start getting some momentum there, then start doing the other thing. But in my opinion, between these two, if you are starting a weight loss journey and you are doing that for the sake of, you know, um, accountability, so to speak, then in that case, I would do that one. And the reason for that is because you're doing it for accountability. The other one is because you like hockey and because you want to talk about it, but the other one is for accountability. So if you, if you feel like, Hey, you know, I, I want, you know, I want that accountability and this is going to help me complete this journey. Then in that particular case, I would do that one because then that way you're, you know, the, 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 the why and the reason that you're doing it is just like super strong there because, you know, you're adding the value to other people who might be in a similar scenario. Plus you're using it as a way to keep yourself fired up and motivated moving forward. Um, so I personally think, um, you know, with the information that I have here, <laughs> uh, you know, from your question, I personally think that that would be, you know, the best way to go, um, just for the sake of, you know, being able to, you know, lean on that for the accountability. So then you'll be winning on, you know, using it to help you lose the weight and then also winning on, you know, doing YouTube and then also adding that value to other people and, um, and getting in motion too. So, um, so I, so if it was me, I would start with the weight loss one, but I would consider it on the other one too, if you have the time to do it, but I would get one moving first and start gets, get, you know, get some real momentum on one channel so that you could like really, cause there's a lot of moving parts when it comes to YouTube. Like when you watch other content creators and you don't have a channel and you watch other content creators from the outside, like it looks one way, but then when you start doing it, it's like a, you know, it, it it's different. So, uh, so because of that, like I would just go, you know, I would go hard on the one channel until you, you know, until you're like, okay, I get, I, I get it. I know how to put videos together. I know how to get that response. I know how to get people to click so on and so forth. Um, um, and then from there decide if, if you want to, you know, put in the, the work for the second channel. Uh, let's see here next up on our list here. Um, and by the way, if you're enjoying the stream so far, uh, make sure you hit that thumbs up button would super appreciate it. <laughs> 
Um, so Genesis is this next channel. Um, they question is, um, cause they don't have the type of channel. They don't have the goal of the channel. They say, Hey Nick, do you believe shorts, um, ruin long form views on a channel? Many channels I watch who started posting shorts a while back now get horrible views on their VODs. For example, some channels with a million subs are barely getting 20,000 views on their VODs, despite uploading them regularly along with shorts. This makes me wonder whether I should upload shorts at all. Thanks in advance for your insight. So here's the thing. So if you look around at a bunch of YouTube channels, you'll actually find tons of YouTube channels that have, you know, close to a million subscribers or over a million subscribers that don't get tons of views on their videos. Um, that's just, you know, part of how it is. Like, um, you know, some content creators is based on their subscriber count, like my, you know, content, like, you know, my viewers are relatively transient because of the nature of what it is that I do. So even though I have a big subscriber count, that doesn't necessarily mean that like all of those people are like waiting for my next video, right? So there's also a bunch of other content creators on the platform that are in a similar boat. So when it comes to looking at them and blaming shorts for it, um, I think that's kind of putting the cart before the horse a little bit, um, because when it comes to, you know, the performance of the videos, the videos stand on their own merit. So if they publish a long form video and YouTube shows it to people and people are enjoying that content, YouTube's going to continue to show it to more people. So it's possible that the shorts are distracting them from what it is that they're doing in their long form content because, you know, they might be, you know, kind of splitting up their efforts and that could be part of the problem. Um, but in terms of the shorts themselves, um, the shorts will go into the short shelf. They'll also show up in some places on the platform, but like the long form content actually gets like the normal recommendations. So, um, so I personally think that you would be fine um, going forward with YouTube shorts. I'm also going forward with YouTube shorts on my channel as well. Um, so, um, so, you know, I'm doing it because I also, you know, believe what it is that I'm telling you here. Um, and when it comes to all of this, just remember that, you know, when you notice a channel, I was on somebody's channel yesterday. They had, um, let's see here, it was over 900,000 subscribers. Um, it was a music channel. And on that particular channel, um, most of the videos on their channel had like 10,000 views or less. Um, and it was, it was a music channel, like, con like music content, like teaching people, you know, about music. Um, but, you know, based on their subscriber count, you'd be like, you know, like, hey, what's going on? But another thing when it comes to subscriber count as well is you don't actually know the content that got them that subscriber count. So I was at a YouTube meetup just the other day, um, yesterday, actually, Friday. And um, the previous week, because the guy was there that time too, but the previous week when, you know, everybody kind of went around the table and introduced themselves and talked about their channels and all that, this guy has like 200 and something thousand subscribers on his YouTube channel. And he was like, to be honest with you, it was a fluke. <laughs> he was like, I made this one video and that one video did it. I don't know what happened. Don't know why it was a total fluke. None of my other videos do that. Everything else kind of sucks, but I have this like big subscriber count. And uh, you know, like that kind of stuff happens. So, you know, when you're looking at it and blaming it on shorts, I mean, of course, you know, it's possible that, the, you know, there could be something weird in the system, but, you know, according to like YouTube and what you see across most other channels, um, it's not, you know, something that's negatively impacting it. Um, to also walk down this road a little bit more on YouTube shorts, another thing that people are thinking when it comes to YouTube shorts is that YouTube shorts are destroying attention spans and that therefore people are not watching long form content. On the lines of that, another thing that I want to just make sure that you know everybody's thinking about is when it comes to the short form content, it has its place and the long form content has its place. So, you know, some people will hop into the YouTube short shelf and they'll just watch that because of the amount of time that they have or just because they enjoy it. Other people don't watch shorts at all. 
And those people just watch the long form content. So this is a, one of those additional things that come down to like really understanding your audience and where they're consuming content and the things that they like and you know those sorts of things. But um, uh, but you know, shorts is something that's here to stay, and um, it's not something that you have to leverage. So you know, you got to know that. Um, but it's something that if you want to experiment with it, I wouldn't uh, I wouldn't worry about it. Um, let's see here, the real deals. Appreciate that. Absolutely. Um, let's see here. The kind of channel here is, um, let's see here. The name of this one is, um, faith and sweat and the type of channel says my channel talks about news, politics, and social issues. The goal of the channel says my goal is to provide a space, um, that tough questions and discussions can be had. Um, I provide a space where men can come and be supported. Um, the question is how can a small channel compete with a larger channel? I seem to be a step behind a big channel in my niche. Um, make better videos. So when it comes to a smaller channel competing with a big channel, when you publish your video, like the difference between a large channel and a channel that's like just getting started is with a large channel, there's a ton of data behind that channel. So because of that, YouTube knows like who to show the content to based on, you know, all of the interactions that are happening with the content and all the data that's been collected on that channel over time. And when you have a brand new channel, you just don't have that data. So when YouTube starts showing your videos to people, just like the big channel, you still play by the same rules in terms of, you know, if people respond well, then the video will do well, but they just have a lot more people that they know the shot to show the content to right out of the gate on a bigger channel. However, when it comes to long-term performance of the videos, if you get a better response from your video all the way through, and by all the way through, I mean, people see it, they click on it at a higher rate or at least competitive rate. Um, they, you know, watch it for a competitive amount of time. Maybe they click on end screens, they watch more of the videos, uh, you know, they're engaging in the videos, those types of things, sharing them out a lot. Then in that case, your video over time can end up doing better than theirs. Um, so like, let's, let's put it into this perspective. Let's say, cause my, you know, you have my YouTube channel that you guys are watching right now. Let's say anybody here started a YouTube help channel tomorrow. And you and I were like, Hey, let's make the same exact videos on our channels. And we did the same exact videos. Um, but we did them in our own ways. Then at the time of publish, it's pretty likely that over the first at least handful of hours that mine would do better, at least the moment we published the video, that mine would do better probably even like the first like day or two. But when it comes to your video, if over time when YouTube is showing your videos to people, if they start responding better than my video, then as long as we're, you know, reaching the same audiences in terms of, you know, in their system, then in that particular case, if your video is just a better video and people are enjoying it more, then over time, your video will do better than mine. Okay. So a really good example of this, for those of you that are familiar with Ed over at Film, Film Booth. So in his case, he'll talk about, you know, a lot of similar topics and things like that, but because of the way he puts his videos together, you know, it's just a, it's just a more interesting experience. So me, I'm just here to teach you, you know, like how to do all this stuff with him. He's like teaching you about it. Plus he's, you know, kind of like demonstrating through his example of storytelling and, you know, because of the way he does it, you know, like, you know, people really love his videos. I do too. And with that, you know, he gets, you know, tons and tons of, you know, views on his videos, even in this space, which, you know, when, before he started doing that we had this kind of like 
glass roof, so to speak, on our on our on our space. <laughs> but you know, when he came in, you know, based on his content, he started doing that. So with some of the videos that he's putting together, even though his channel is currently smaller in terms of like subscriber counts, his videos are still doing, you know, better based on, you know, the way that he's putting things together in a lot of cases. So because of that, you know, it's important to make sure that when you're trying to compete with larger channels, that you're just thinking like, hey, I just gotta make I just gotta make videos that people respond to in a different way um, or in a better way. So I got to think of a way that I can present this that's different than how these other people are, are doing it, or I just got to make better videos if we're doing it in the same way. Um, and by doing that, then that will make you, you know, more competitive with them. But more importantly, remember that it's always easy to be trying to chase other YouTube channels and trying to like keep up with what everybody else is doing in the space and all that. But at the root of everything, if you have goals that you're trying to accomplish with your YouTube channel, focus on accomplishing your goals. Um, if they if those are based around subscriber counts, view counts, or anything else, like if it's you know income or impact, anything like that, whatever your goals are, focus all of your efforts on what can I do to achieve these goals? What can I do to achieve these goals faster? How can I, you know, come up with better ideas that will help, you know, resonate more with people that will also help me achieve these goals and all that. If you focus on, you know, trying to achieve your goals and you focus on adding value to the people that are going to help you achieve those goals, then those two things in combination will make it to where you don't even have to worry about what everybody else is doing, right? Because you'll be doing awesome. So, um, so because of that, you know, I recommend that you, you know, even though it's easy to want to compete and I, you know, I'm not saying like, don't look at other channels and be like, oh yeah, I can do way better than that. Like, I'm not saying don't, don't have that approach, but what I'm saying is don't think that you don't look at it like a competition, look at YouTube more of a collaboration. And the reason that you want to think about it that way is because one, when you're focused on your goals, then you're going to be doing everything you can to, to meet your goals based on everything that you can do and that you have access to. And they're going to be doing it, you know, based on what they do and what they have access to. But when you have somebody thriving in your space, it's awesome. And the reason for that is because you can get recommended from their content as well. So when you start having crossover, then it can become really advantageous for somebody to start doing well, because then you can actually start, you know, getting views coming from their channels as well. And then they become part of the cluster that you're operating in. So, um, so because of that, just remember that, you know, it's like on YouTube, I mean, of course, you know, we're all competitive, but like, um, you know, it's also more though of a collaboration just based on how their system works and serving content to people. Hey, Colin, what's up, man? So um, let's see here. So next up on our list, um, actually, first, really quick, we got Super Shark Scrapper Sharks. says, um, I started my weekly live streams on the 1st of January based on many of the ideas that we discussed at VidSummit. StreamYard makes it easy, um, and your counsel was hugely important. Thank you. My pleasure. First, glad that you are enjoying um, StreamYard. Second, actually, first, it was awesome hanging out with you at VidSummit. Like, we got to spend some, like, really good time um, together at VidSummit, and I love that. Um, second, super happy that you're enjoying StreamYard. And third, I'm glad that you're also, you know, getting value um, out of the content as well. So thank you for the um, kind words there. And super, you know, super awesome to, uh, to, to, you know, to see you thriving. Um, let's see here. And another one um, to answer here before we hop back into the form. This is from Adam, um, or sorry, A Gamers says, a, I do gaming, but when I send videos on Twitter and TikTok, they like it, but no people come see my videos. And when I publish my videos, got more views than the other. How do you fix it? So basically what you want to do is over time, and this is where like, you know, trying to hurry and do stuff. Um, this is where this can kind of, you know, get a little bit um, weird. But when you are, 
having videos do wildly better than other videos, it's actually a good thing because then you can analyze those videos inside of your YouTube analytics or your statistics for your YouTube channel and for each individual video. You can analyze those videos and you can start to figure out why, you know, why those videos did better. So how you do that is you look at your videos and you look at your audience retention reports, um, which is something that is a free feature inside of YouTube that all this has is attached to all of our videos. But basically you look in your audience retention reports and you see like, hey, this is how people are responding to what it is that I'm putting together. So you'll see that graph on, you know, how people are flowing through your content. And you can say, hey, I had a lot of people leave here. Why? Why do I think they did that? And then you come up with theories on why you think people might've left. Maybe you're talking too much. Maybe you weren't talking enough. Maybe you're showing one thing for too much. Maybe you weren't showing it for long enough. Maybe you were, you know, you didn't have a good structure for your video that pulled people through it and people just kind of got disinterested and left, those types of things. But then you take your theories that you come up with and you say, okay, these, these are the reasons that I think that people, you know, left the video or that they weren't responding well to these videos. And so because of that, I'm gonna do something different related to that in these new videos. And then you start putting those videos out and then you start through your experimentation on your theories, you start testing your theories to see if your theories are correct on why people are leaving your videos. And what that looks like is when you are taking your theories and you're applying those theories to the new content. So for example, let's say that you're like, hey, I'm, I'm like just sitting on camera and I'm just sitting here, or you're on gaming content. So let's say that you are noticing that people are leaving during your loading screens, right? So it's like, let's say you're playing COD and then you have the loading screen where you're sitting there and you're getting all you like loaded out and you're getting ready to be deployed. Then in that particular case, if you notice that, then your theory would be, okay, well, I'm thinking that they might be leaving because of this loadout, you know, section right here. So then in the future videos that you're putting out, you would cut out that loading section, you would just edit it out, and then you would go back into your analytics and you would say, okay, in this latest video that I published that I cut that out, did people continue watching through that part? Yes, okay, good, let me do it again in my next video and see if I get a similar result. Yes, okay, then I'll do that again in my next video and every video forward, and I'll just keep confirming that, you know, that people are still sticking around for that while I'm working on those next parts of the video. Or if you're like, hey, people are still leaving in these parts of the video, then that, um, you know, when you're testing the thing on, you know, removing the loadout screen, then in that particular case, then you would say, okay, that's not the reason, right? That was my theory, but that wasn't the reason people are leaving. So now let me try to come up with some other reasons that people might've left there and then test that with new content. So that's where like trying to hurry up and do YouTube is kind of difficult. Um, and that's also where, you know, uploading a lot of content is beneficial because that gives you a lot of information that you can work with quickly. Um, but, you know, of course, depending on time, we can only upload as much as we can upload. Hopefully that helps. Um, let's see here. Rapid Super Repair shot. DIY says I started two and a half months ago knowing nothing about YouTube now at 449 subs. Um, am I growing too slowly or typical results? You're doing awesome. So the fact that you already have 449 subscribers, you're 2.5 months in, like you're, you're doing great. So um, on my YouTube channel, every, first, it's important to know that everybody grows at different rates. Some people will just hit the ground running and, and they'll just start, you know, just rising right out of the gate. Other people, they'll upload for years before they actually hit a stride. Like um, Colin and Samir, they just recently crossed 100,000 subscribers on their YouTube channel, but they were on YouTube for like 10 years before, like not like somewhere between like eight and 10 years before they started doing what it is that they're doing now that got them to that 1 million, right? So like when it comes to, 
you know, the growth, it's different for everybody. Mr. Beast, I think he did. Um, I think Mr. Beast did, uh, I, I think he was on YouTube like a decade before he started like really like lifting off and like doing the thing. So like when it comes to, you know, the, the speed of growth, it's different for everybody. There's also content creators that, you know, started in the beginning of 2023 and they've already got a million subscribers. So there's that too, right? There's both ends of the spectrum. But when it comes to you having 449 subscribers, you have proof of concept. And I want you to lean on that. For everybody here, if you have subscribers on your YouTube channel that are not people that you know, in terms of they're not friends, they're not family, they're not like your buddies from school, they're not like coworkers, anything like that, then you have proof of concept for what it is that you're doing in terms of. People are enjoying your content enough to subscribe to it. Now you have to start fine tuning things and you have to start thinking about scale. Like how can I scale this up? Um, and on, in my case, when I first started my YouTube channel, it took me five months to get my first 150 subscribers on my channel, okay? So like you're crushing me like already. So like just stay your path, keep learning, keep applying, keep fine tuning what it is that you're doing and trying to make a better experience and add value to the people that are watching your content and um, and you'll do fine. Um, let's see here. So um, Colin Michael right here, so he's verified, so he has a uh, play button, um, says um, it took him nine months to get to 100 subscribers, right? So there's another one, right? So nine months for him to get to 100, it took me five to get to 150. Um, so, you know, so you're, you're, you're doing great. So, so keep up, you know, keep, keep it up. Um, okay, so next up on our list here, we have um, Mar Marcinal Resinji. I hope I'm saying that correctly. Um, they do daily content. Um, they do movie reviews and movie news. The goal is to become a full-time YouTuber, and the question is thumbnails for shorts, yay or nay, and why? So um, when it comes to thumbnails for shorts, um, now they have the option where you can like select like a screenshot um, or like a you know still image um, from your shorts during the upload process. So just pick you know like the best thing that you can, um, the best thing that represents that video, and you know just choose that because that's going to be the thing that when your um, that when your page opens. I'm just going to kind of put this in here. Oh, hold on, I got to. Yeah, I got to do that here in a second. But um, but basically, let me, I'm just looking for the short shelf here. But basically, like you just pick something because when it shows up here, right, you want to make sure that um, that it's something that, you know, just gives some type of information about your video to hopefully get people to uh, to click on it. Um, let's see here. Yeah, so this is interesting. So Roberto Blake just says, uh, Mr. Beast was a small YouTuber since he was 12 and didn't pop until he was 20. He made 460 videos to get to 10,000 subscribers, right? And then look at him now, right? So, uh, so you know, sometimes, you know, it can just, uh, it can just take a while. So uh, let's see our next question that we have on our list here is we've got um says i don't currently have one so they don't currently have a youtube channel um the goal of the channel says they want to create content and monetize to eventually pay me full time and fund gardening um aquaponic systems and contribute to tiny house communities for homeless and affordable low-income households awesome like that like in terms of like your why love it absolutely love it question um i don't want to be tied to a specific topic or niche my passion and creativity really takes off um, getting to challenge myself with different things. So I feel like that's where my content will have a higher quality. My categories would be DIY projects, personal development and finances. And eventually I would like to make videos about the different things the channel funds for charity so people see everything they support. What is the best way to structure a channel for something like this? Or should I focus on one thing? So here's what I recommend. 
So when it comes to like all the different content that we want to put on our YouTube channels, um, everybody is like multi-passionate. Like everybody has, you know, all these different things that we're interested in. But when you're making content for other people, it's important to make sure that you're thinking because, you know, we can make content for ourselves all day. Like, you know, I can make videos about all kinds of different stuff if I just want to watch it myself. But when it comes to making content for other people, if you're going to make a channel for those people, it's best practice to have a channel that is around a singular theme or topic. Now, as part of that, that's more about the audience that you're reaching than it is necessarily about the specific like video to video, you know, like um, uh, connection, so to speak, because if you are running your ideas through the filter of, is this a great fit for the audience I'm trying to reach? And the answer is always yes for the videos that you're publishing, then those are good videos to publish. But when you run across like, not really sure if this would, no, then don't put it on there, right? Because it's not that great fit. So when it comes to taking all of this stuff and putting it on one channel, it ends up working against you because like what, what, okay, think of it this way. If you were watching my videos and you're trying to learn about YouTube and you know, hey, I can go to Nick's channel. I can, you know, watch tons of videos to learn about YouTube and you start watching some videos and then all of a sudden you start seeing a bunch of cooking videos on my YouTube channel. What's gonna happen in your brain is you're gonna be like, why is he putting cooking videos on here? And I'm like, hey, I love to cook. I just wanna share this with people. But it's like, okay, Nick, I, I that's cool that you like to cook and you can share that with us. But like we come to your YouTube channel to like learn about YouTube, right? Maybe, maybe, you know, if you wanna mix your cooking into your YouTube help channel, you know, somehow that's cool. But like in terms of like making cooking videos, like that's not what we're here for, right? So the same exact thing in your case, like if you're doing DIY projects, then what you need to think about is, okay, if somebody comes in and they and they love how I do my DIY projects, but then the next video that they watch is about finance and they don't really care about that because they have their finances in order, then in that particular case, then I'm breaking that chain of content that people can watch on my YouTube channel and I'm limiting the opportunity for people to just sit back and binge watch a bunch of videos. So what I recommend is first, think about the audience that you're trying to reach, and then two, think about, okay, for the, that type of viewer, what can I make on this channel that will you know, add value to that viewer, and then run with that. But when you're just making a big hodgepodge of stuff, that's a great way to like really make it hard for yourself and to take a wheel that's on a flat road and just kind of you know being able to roll until it finds that downhill and can start rolling faster it's it like what you're doing there is you're like hey i take i'm taking this wheel that's just rolling down this flat road and i'm just building these inclines <laughs> right i'm building these inclines and then now i'm gonna have to get behind this wheel and start pushing it because you know it's gonna it's gonna be kind of hard to roll on its own so to speak so um so i would just make sure that you're thinking about that so really quick, also on the how long it takes to get certain amounts of subscribers, um, the Language Tutor, who also has a check mark here, so they're you know a hundred thousand plus subscriber channel, says it took them a year to get their first one hundred subscribers, and then the snowball took off for them. So thanks, thanks for um, thanks for uh, sharing that. I appreciate it. If you're enjoying the show, remember to give it a thumbs up and share it with a friend right now. All right. So next question we have here um, is from Mr. David Ray. Mr. David Ray um, says that they do gaming content. The goal is to entertain people and build a community. 
The question is, general advice for new gaming creators um, in a very crowded space. I think I'm doing well with thumbnails and video edits, former graphic designer and marketing guy in a corporate setting. My CTR and average view duration are decent. I, I think I'm usually around 6% CTR and between 40 to 50 average view duration, but I think I could be doing more. Okay, so a few things to think about. Um, I'm not sure. Um, here, I'll actually go and look at your view counts real quick because I think you put your channel link in here. You did. So basically, when it comes to your click-through rate and your average view duration, just some something to think about real quick is one, your... Okay, so um, I see what you're doing now. So um, one, when you get more impressions on your videos and you, you know, and those eventually turn into more views, um, hopefully, when you're getting more impressions on your videos and you're getting more activity in your videos, it's harder to maintain like good numbers. So the fact that like, um, as an example, I'm looking here and I'm seeing that you have, um, and I'm just gonna go back to like a video that was put out like almost a week ago. So you have 175 views um, on this particular video. And if you are, you know, with the with that many impressions, if your click through rate is already down to, um, let's see here, six percent, um, then your thumbnails are probably, or just the topics of the videos, you know, because people will click, you know, because of the thumbnail, they'll click because of the topic, they'll click because of the title. Um, so all of those things are a factor. Um, but I would definitely work on your on your click through rate. So just to give you perspective on my YouTube channel, um, if I don't have um, from home pages, because you can go into your traffic sources, just a little sidebar here, you can go into your traffic sources and you can actually look to see the click through rate that you're getting on different places on YouTube within whatever date range that you select. So for example, you can see what your click-through rate looks like on like home pages. You can see what it looks like in search. You can see what it looks like in suggested. So um, if I personally don't, like once I hit 100,000 impressions on home pages or just in browse features, if I don't have over a 5% click-through rate, then I'll usually update my thumbnail. Um, because for me, as long as the video is good, then in that particular case, I found that like 5% is just kind of like the bottom if I'm hitting around that 100,000 subscribers on a video that's a little bit more broad audience. If it's something like super niche, like, hey, this is something about like live streaming software, then in that case, it's a little bit different. But if it's like more of a broader audience within my niche um, type of content, then once I hit that 100,000 um, impressions, from home pages, if I'm not maintaining that five percent, then um, then I'll then I'll update the thumbnail. Um, I try to like 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 when I see like you know six percent, seven percent, and and I'm in that scenario, eight percent, nine percent, then I'm like, okay, you know this is you know this is good. This video will probably keep going good for a while. Um, but if it goes down to that five, then I'm like, okay, hundred thousand. Like if I'm like like three percent at a hundred thousand, then I'm like, okay, we got to go in and we got to update this. So um, just make sure that you're keeping that in mind. Same thing with your retention. The more people that are interacting with your content, the um, the harder it is to maintain that retention because you know as it starts going out to more and more broad audiences, those people are, are less likely to be like that perfect fit. And since they're not that perfect fit, like the original people or the first people that see it, um, then in that case, you know, it can it can kind of drive the numbers and the general response down. So just keep that in mind um, with your content. But the fact that you're a former graphic designer, you're like light years ahead of a lot of people when they're starting out. And the fact that you're a former marketing person, um, you are just with what you know from the marketing world, you're light years ahead of tons of content creators because a lot of general marketing concepts cross directly over to what it is that you're doing on YouTube. So, um, so you know, knowing that you'll you'll be able to fine tune this and you'll probably do fine over time. Um, so just you know, make sure that you are using the information that you currently have to try to you know just do better and better. Um, but I just wanted to make sure that that I explained that part about you know when you have low numbers. When you have like, you know, higher click-through rates, average view durations and things like that, 
it's it's good because you know it keeps you you know moving forward but like it just gets harder and harder to maintain those numbers as you start um scaling out so and another thing in terms of video performance so even in some cases you know you might see like a click-through rate um, or your average view duration you know and you might be like man i should be doing better with these numbers in some cases, you know, just there's other content on the platform right now that is reaching the audience that you're trying to reach. It might not even be related to the type of content that you make, but it's content that's facing that same audience. If that content is like super competitive, like right now at this moment in time when you publish your video and there's a lot of high performing videos there, then in that case, like your numbers have to be even higher. <laughs> so, uh, so, you know, just keep those types of things in mind too. So um, let's see here. So one thing Roberto says, and I always like to quote Roberto, you know, just because he shares so much good information. He says, um, for most of you, everything can be improved with your topic choices, aka the content you choose to make. Then it's not, um, uh, then it's not being great as titles. Then it's thumbnails and not um, talking into, or not taking into timing and trends, not talking into uh, timing and trends. So I'm um, so here, Madhouse Tales. Thank super you for the trapped. super sticker there. I appreciate it. And uh, Faith and Sweat, trapped. thank you as well. Says, thank you, Nick, for answering my question. Your response is exactly what I keep reminding myself. I'm a little impatient. Would you recommend small content creator put themselves in their thumbnail? So um, I recommend that content creators focus. Okay. When you're designing something um, or when you're making something, um, you know, like an image of some kind for people to respond to. Um, it's really important to make sure that you have a clear focal point. And that focal point for the people that you're trying to reach should be something that will help them know that your content is something that they care about. The focal point shouldn't be you as the person. The person can be used as a way to kind of help pull attention because thumbnails with people in them can pull attention, but it can also hurt the performance of a video as well. So because of that, it's important to make sure that you're thinking first, okay, this content is about this, so what do we need to make sure that we're putting in the thumbnail in order to help people understand at a glance? Because as people are going through that home, you know, either on a computer, they're just kind of looking at the grid they see, or on a mobile device, they're going through that home feed. Um, what they're doing is they're just looking for stuff that, you know, kind of jumps out at them, you know, based on the things that they care about. And as soon as a video pops up that is, you know, internally and their subconscious, something that they're interested in already, then it's like, oh, what, what is this, right? And then they'll pay like a little bit more note to it, maybe read the title. And if that's compelling, then they'll click in and watch the video. So because of that, just make sure that you're focusing, that you're that you're like, okay, this is the primary focus of this thumbnail. And this is the thing that's gonna help them identify something that they're, you know, um, that they're, that they care about. And then this here, maybe it's me, maybe it's other things that I put in the thumbnail or whatever, then this would be like secondary. But the main thing that I need to make sure that the focus of this thumbnail is, is the thing that will, you know, resonate with the viewers or the viewers that I'm trying to reach so hopefully that helps and another thing is also experiment so like one thing um, that you definitely want to do as a content creator is experiment so um, of course you can do this with TubeBuddy where they have their a b testing tool where you can swap you know thumbnails back and forth um, but you can also do this like yourself as well just going in and looking at your you know at your click-through rate and sorting it down by date range it's a little bit more difficult which is why TubeBuddy is the easier way to do it but if you want to you know if you're like I don't want to you know pay for that then in that case you can do it manually so what you would do is you would say okay here's the thumbnail um you know after it's initially published here's the thumbnail um without me in it and here's the thumbnail with me in it and do i find that they respond better to one or the other um and then of course if you find that they respond better to one or other one or the other then you test that with your next video at the time of publish and then of course you would do that same experiment there but in reverse and then you just kind of keep rinsing and repeating that until you uncover that typically 
um, if you use thumbnails with or without yourself, people respond better. Um, so that's another thing to keep in uh, keep in mind when you're you know trying to figure that out. Tapping into timing and trends. There we go. Thank you. <laughs> Make your thumbnail about what the viewer will recognize and respond to, says Roberto Blake. So uh, let's see here. Next up on our list here, we got Poop Scoop for Noobs. Says that they um, upload when they have time. The type of channel is Poop and Scoop and Business. The goal of the channel is to become um, a better resource for other scoopers and inspire people to start their own business. Question, hey Nick, thank you for all your advice. Um, with your input, I'm finally at 522 subscribers, got accepted to the Amazon affiliate program and have been able to sell digital products on my website. At what point in my content creator journey would it be healthy to fully commit to being a creator and full-time entrepreneur instead of holding on to the safety net of my day job? So this is a really good question. And this is something that hopefully a lot of you will have to face. Um, you know, because there, you know, for some of you that are hanging out here, there's going to come a point in time to where YouTube is going to be doing so good for you um, in terms of like the revenue that you're generating that you're going to be faced with this particular problem to where it's like, hey, this is doing so good. Maybe I should just double down on this and not do the other stuff that I do. Um, so some things that, you know, that I recommend when it comes to this is first, make sure that what you're doing is something that happens consistently because sometimes you can have like one video takes off and it will drive the channel. Um, other times, you know, it might just be like two or three, but make sure that you're able to get consistent with results with what it is that you're doing and that, that all of the weight isn't being carried by just like, you know, a piece of content or a couple pieces of content. Um, typically, like when channels grow, it is just a handful of videos that like really get them there initially, but along that, you know, the the baseline of all of the videos rises, right? So just make sure that you are consistently able to do the thing is the idea, right? So then that way, you know, it's sustainable Two, make sure that you are setting yourself up for sustainability in terms of like your upload schedule that you're flushing out um, the ideas about videos that you might publish into the future. So you can ensure that you're going to be able to do this for a nice, you know, a nice amount of time into the future. Um, next, you need to make sure that you are looking into the tax implications, you know, as a business owner, you have like a whole different set of rules that you have to play by when it comes to taxes. Um, you know, it can be a benefit um, as well, you know, when it comes to taxes, but there's like a whole other, you know, group of things that you have to worry about there or not worry about, but you got to think about. Um, in addition to that, also make sure that you do have money saved up because, you know, when it comes to YouTube, sometimes things are up and all of that. Sometimes you make some mistakes or you, you have just a period of time where maybe you're in a creative rut and you're just not nailing it like you normally do. And at that point in time, things can kind of, you know, take a dip. So just make sure that you also have, you know, a, a nice amount, like six months, maybe even a year, if you really want to secure yourself of, you know, of your, you know, money saved up so that you can ensure that if you do take that step away from your job, that you are, you know, that that if you do go through some of those low times, then you are, you know, that, that you, you know, can cover yourself through it. Um, in addition to that, I also recommend that you don't go full time. And, and this is a personal choice as well, but this is just my recommendation. Um, because of the seasonal nature of YouTube, and I don't mean necessarily, you know, summer, winter, spring, fall, but the seasonal nature of YouTube in terms of, you know, some niches, they just thrive better in certain times of the year than other times. Sometimes the creator themselves, based on all the different things that are going on in their lives, will thrive more on YouTube at certain times than others. So because of that, I recommend that you do YouTube for a year before you go full-time. And the reason for that is so you can see what that cycle looks like. 
because if you go through and let's say you're doing like, hey, I've been doing this for like four months and everything's awesome. And then you go all in and then it's like, oh, wait a minute. I didn't know we had this like, you know, drier period where people are going and doing these other things, not really watching this type of content for like, you know, four months out of the year. <laughs> so, uh, so because of that, just make sure that you do give yourself that, you know, that certainty or not certainty. I mean, there's never certainty with anything, but just make sure that you're giving yourself that, um, you know, that, that that you're informing yourself, so to speak, with that information. And that's why I recommend that you do that cycle so that you can make sure that you're you know, good to go there. So um, Paranormal Proof 666 says, you can't risk full going full-time because YouTube changes the rules too often. I love comments like this. And the reason I love comments like this is because um, I think that what you're suggesting um, is good kind of like food for thought. Um, but the reality of it is, um, what, like, if you do it correctly, what you can do from YouTube will surpass what it, I mean, and of course this all depends, you know, on everybody's jobs and all that, but what you can do from YouTube can surpass what it is that you do from like your normal job and surpass it so much that you can make more money in a short amount of time than you will make in your entire career working a job in some cases, right? So because of that, with that risk, you have to make sure that you are setting yourself up properly, that you know you are doing everything right. But when you are like, how can I say this? If Roberto was on here, he would he would give it to you, you know, he would give it to you. But like uh when it comes to this type of thing, like, you know, in any business, there's a risk attached to it and nothing is guaranteed ever with anything. However, for those that do take the risk and that do intentionally move through the obstacles that are in front of you when you try to go full time on YouTube and you try to make this a sustainable thing, for those of you that, you know, do go through that, the rewards on the other side um, of that can be so massive that it can change everything about everything about your life in a very, you know, relatively short amount of time compared to a job, right? So for example, if I didn't have this YouTube channel and I were to start from scratch, you know, brand new YouTube channel, nobody knew who I was. If it was like a faceless YouTube channel, for example, I could get that channel just based on my knowledge, you know, of my channel and working with other content creators, I would be able to get that channel to the point to where it was making a full-time income relatively quickly, just based on my knowledge of doing this. So because of that, um, using that same knowledge with the experience that I have here with this channel, like, let, let me say it this way. I know a lot of content creators that have been doing YouTube for just a nice handful of years. And a lot of them, if they chose to, could just not work anymore, right? They could retire if they wanted to. So because of that, when you are looking at it like it's a limitation, like, hey, YouTube changes too much, so blah, 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 there's the other side of that too, right? And, and to be fair, you know, not everybody can do that, right? Like, you know, just based on, you know, your skill sets and what you're willing to go through and endure because, you know, this stuff, putting everything in your own plate, so to speak, um, it can make it, you know, kind of kind of tough. Uh, Roberto, I'm actually getting ready to um, shut it down. I would love for you to come on, but I'm, I'm, I'm getting ready to shut it down here in a minute. My brother and Daniel are streaming, um, so I'm getting ready to shut this down here in just a second so people can go over there.
But I would love for you to come on. If you want to come on next week, abs, 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 heck, lutely, yes. <laughs> but um, um, but when it comes to you know this side of thing and going full time, like the opportunity that's on YouTube is staggering. Um, I have a friend of mine um, that we actually ended up running into each other at a coffee shop here. Um, he recognized me from my YouTube channel, and he's like, "Hey, are you Nick?" Blah blah. And we started talking, and he was actually making YouTube videos for another company at that time. And I was like, hey, man, you're doing this thing. You're grinding out. You're batch creating content. You're like, you understand the thing. Why aren't you doing this yourself? And he was like, never really thought about that. So he was like, you know what? I think, you know, I think I'll start, you know, kind of thinking of some ideas. He came up with some ideas of what he was going to do, started his YouTube channel, built like a whole program around his um, YouTube channel and built like a business around his channel, what he was doing. And he came in there super intentional. Um, he sent me a screenshot. I think it was like two months ago. Um, and he did this. He started this channel in 2019. And he sent me a screenshot. I think it was, I think it was two months ago, um, where he crossed and if, and I'll actually show it. I'll show you the screenshot if I can. Um, here, give me one second. But basically, he crossed a million dollars um, in revenue, and he started in 2019. Um, let's see here. Let me find his. And I, I'm just going to show you the screenshot as long as his uh, his name isn't on here because I don't want to, you know, I, I don't want to throw him under the bridge, you know, privacy wise. So give me one second here. Um, let's see. And, and the reason I'm showing you this is because, you know, it's, it's inspiration. I just want to let, you know, cause it's really easy for people to come in and say things like, you know, like, oh, that's not possible. Oh, you can't do that. Oh, you know, like there's always going to be those people, but like, I'm just trying to be the voice for those of you that are like, you know what, this might be something that can, you know, really, you know, impact me and those around me in some major way. Um, so hold on really quick. Um, I'm just making sure his name isn't on here anywhere. Okay, good there, good there. Reports overview, gross volume, net volume from sales. Okay, so I'm just gonna I'm just gonna show this to you really quick, and I'm just doing one more quick look just to make sure it's all clear. And he's a really good friend, so like this is all fine. Like I'm not you know worried about this in any way. Um, but yeah, so basically right here, just so you can see it, this was his. Come on, focus. There we go. This was his journey. Let me angle it for the lighting there. That was his journey since 2019. So basically he sent me this screenshot like after he crossed, you know, a million dollars with his stuff. So um, so this was, um, yeah, he started, let's see here, what does he say? Or I'm sorry, this is from January of 2021 to September of 2022 um, is when this actually, when this actually went down. So um, anyway, the idea that I'm trying to express is that if it's done right, and, you know, if you have those skill sets, which is why, right? Like me, Roberto, um, uh, YouTube themselves, every, you know, the, the people that, you know, make content for YouTube, um, Brian G. Johnson, Daniel Battelle, Daryl Eves, Tim Schmoyer, Ed over at Film Booth, um, uh, Nate over at Channel Makers, um, all the other people that are doing like, you know, cash cow channels, like anybody that helps people with YouTube, you're always going to hear people say, Work on your skills. You got to learn how to do the stuff, right? So if you focus on that and you learn how to do that stuff, and then you also start applying that, like, you know, business knowledge to it. Yeah. The, like what you can accomplish here is just incredible. Um, but, you know, like there's a lot involved, like, you know, in his case, you know, like um, he crossed that million dollar mark and he's just getting started. He's just getting started. He crossed that million dollar mark. Um, but the way he set everything up, um, he will be. My prediction is he'll be at $10 million probably within the next like two years, just because like just the way his mind works, he's got energy. So he's willing to just, you know, do what it takes to like, you know, work and like get the stuff done. Like he is not, 
just hanging out, not hardly working. Like he's grinding it out. But, you know, as you could see for that screenshot, you know, it's, it's, you know, it's paying off. So um, the idea there is just work on the skills, right? Because in order to do any of this stuff, like you got to, you know, you got to learn how to make thumbnails, you got to learn how to make videos that, you know, people enjoy, but you also have to think about your YouTube channel. Like if you're going to do it full time, you got to think about your YouTube channel and the business aspects of it and what you're going to offer as a business and like is like how profitable could the type of content that you're making be that kind of stuff. Because when it comes to making this like your your only thing that you're doing, um, like relying solely on YouTube ads, like you can do great on YouTube ads, you can make tons of money on YouTube ads. So I'm not discounting YouTube, ad, you know, like on platform monetization at all, you can make mountains of money um, from YouTube ads, if you're getting a lot of, you know, activity in your videos. But if you build a business around your YouTube channel, and you're offering other things, then you can make tons of money without even having to have a lot of views on your on your on your content. In fact, my friend that I showed you that screenshot, I think on his um, YouTube channel, give me one second, I'm gonna pull up his, uh, his channel. His YouTube channel right now, only has 39,000 subscribers on it. So in terms of like, you know, what's possible, 39,000 subscribers, and then you saw the screenshot for what he's generated from uh, um, 2021 to, to 2020 to September of 2022. So just use that as inspiration, right? Like it's here, you just got to figure out how to tap into it, right? And you got to develop the skills to make it to make it happen. But anyway, um, so I want to thank everybody for, you know, hanging out in the stream today. I hope that you learned something. Make sure you hit the like button um, on the way out. I do this every single Saturday. If this is your first time here, I do this every single Saturday. So definitely, you know, feel free to swing by, um, you know, every Saturday at 9 a.m. Eastern. Right now, when I hit this end broadcast, my brother and Daniel Batal um, over on the stream are over on the StreamYard channel doing free channel reviews. And it's super fun. They do it like a game show over there. So um, I'm as soon as I hit this end broadcast button, it's going to send you over to their stream. Um, so you can go hang out over there um, and participate if you want, you know, some advice on your channel specifically, then you know that it's going to be a great place for you to hang out. So, um, so head over there and I will see you next weekend at 9am Eastern. Have an awesome rest of your weekend and I'll see you next time. Oh.